Good evening, Commandos. Rooster here. And Squiggles. And you're here for episode four of Call of the Crow. Kaka! Wow, we've made it to episode four. I know. Man, that's that a, feels that's impressive. a real achievement for us. I, uh, I'm very proud of it. I'm very surprised and very proud all at the same time. I wasn't sure. Like, we did that first week, and I didn't know if we would really do anything else with it. Well, and we also thought we would do it bi-weekly because of my schedule. So it, it's nice that we've been able to do it weekly, too. That, that yeah, I mean, does... we'll have one full month out, right, after uh, yeah, after, after, after this, this video comes out. out. So I'm, oh, hell, man. Pleasantly surprised. It is. It's really exciting. And I, this has been one of the, my favorite things to do recently. <laughs> oh, someone's got the plague. Yep. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I think I think we should seriously title this episode "Death from the Plague of the Plague Bringer." Revenge of the Plague Bringer. <laughs> Plague Bringer Two: Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. Uh, <laughs> man, it was a. I had a bitch of a time getting over that. Yeah. And honestly, I'm still. I don't have the cough as bad, but it's still popping up a little bit. And tonight it was like cold and damp out, so I was like, oh. Yeah, it was. It was definitely popping up for me the last couple of days. Oh, that shit sucks, dude. Oh, a little bit. Definitely a little bit. Well, I am uh, I hope you don't die from it. And, uh, you know, good luck. Good luck. Uh, I blame Parker. He's the one that got me sick, and he got Noel sick, so. I mean, kids are just germ Petri dishes, pretty much, so why Well, not? yeah, I mean, he works in a Petri dish in SM Works. You know, it's he, like he's working he, at daycare. Yeah. I mean, he goes to daycare, and there's all a bunch of other kids, you know, like coughing and spitting. I mean, he got fucking bit at daycare the other day, so. Really? Yeah, I mean, he's a fucking toddler, okay? Yeah. So I'm not, like, super pissed off about it. I wasn't happy, but, I mean, it happens when you're trying to wrangle, like, 20 other kids. Yeah, no, I get there to pick him up, and they go, hey, uh, there was an incident. Uh, there was a biting incident. And, of course, being a parent, I'm like, oh, shit, what did my kid do? <laughs> Who did he bite? Yeah, I thought, and then, like, oh, no, he was bit. And then I was, like, irrationally mad at another two-year-old. Like, Who fucking bit Parker? Who touched my boy? <laughs> And uh, it wasn't anything serious. He, has a, he had a bit of a bruise on his arm, but nothing too crazy from it. But I mean, it was uh, it was weird, man. I was kind of pissed off about it. I bet. So that's speaking, been... speaking of bruises on the arm. What the fuck did you do? That was from the IV where I landed in the ER last week. Oh yeah, you tried to kill yourself last week. Yeah, no. Um, so that that's that's happened. Um, there is a good probably six inch bruise on my arm. Yeah. From I think where they infiltrated the IV. <laughs> it sounds fucking horrific. Yeah, it didn't show up for like two days though. That was the weird thing. That was what your sugar went bad. You forgot to change mm. your pump or something. No, it, well, the, something just happened with my pump, and I I, I didn't know it was bad until. So it was too late to know. Like yeah. I literally woke up, went to work, and then about an hour later, it was like, "Oh shit, something's happened." So Squiggles, for those of you that don't know, is a type two diabetic. Type, type two. one. Type one. Fuck me, man. See, type I'm not one. a diabetic, so I was fuck it up. Sorry about that, buddy. Yeah, it's alright. So Squiggles is a type one diabetic, and he has an insulin pump. And for years, I've given him shit for it because not only is he a diabetic, I've watched this fucking dude eat so much sugar in one sitting that I'm pretty sure his parents have lied to him. And I don't know what the insulin pump's pumping into him, but I'm sure it's not insulin. Like, this dude eats fucking peeps by the pack, not the sleeve. <laughs> he buys, like, the nine pack, and he just fucking downs the sugar-coated sugar. They, I mean, peeps are delicious. What can I say? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Peeps are delicious. We're the weird show where both of us agree on peeps. Like, I mean, I'm not going to be like, oh, man, fuck that, dude. I love peeps. Put them in my tummy. But I'm not a diabetic like you. I know. I've also seen this guy. And no shit. He's going to deny it. I promise you. He's I, fucking, I know where you're going with yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, you do. This fucking dude, he sat there once, got one of those big old Reese's eggs, like the pound eggs. This dude put it on a dinner plate, brought a steak knife and a fork out. He ate it like a steak, all of it. I did not eat all of it. 
First of all, there was only half an egg there. Second of all, I, it was frozen. That's why I put it on the dinner plate with a knife and a fork to cut it because it no, was no, no, frozen. No, 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 no. I was there. I My did not eat was there. all of it. People were there. We have evidence. We have witnesses. They will verify that this guy ate a full chocolate peanut butter egg with a steak knife like it was a delectable steak. It All was at once in one sitting. It was delectable. One sitting. It was full not pound a full egg. pound egg. It was I not. I swear to Cthulhu it was. It took me four days to eat that thing. Yeah, maybe like four minutes. <laughs> it took you me demolished that thing. It was days. a nightmare. It was like invasion of the body snatchers. <laughs> Hopefully those noises went over. Oh my God, it was terrifying. And then I thought he was going to die because again, I know he's a diabetic and I'm like, should we check on him? Like, I think we didn't see him for like three days after that. I'm like, should I open his door? I don't even know. Think he's dead? Oh god, I hope not. So yeah, uh type one diabetic. Uh terrible at being a type one diabetic, but you know, we can't be good at everything, right? Right. <laughs> I like you just admit it, like, yeah, no, I'm a shitty diabetic. Yeah, I am. I I, I know that. I am. <laughs> it's like I feel like you should be better at it. I don't know. Like I don't have a I don't have a life altering problem you know what's like weird? that. And uh, most diabetics will tell you this. The diabetes gives you like a weird sweet tooth. Like that's all you ever want to eat is sugar your body craves what's in essence poison yeah <laughs> i mean yeah for real oh oh that's great that's like and it's, alcohol it's also it's also really weird that like when when my sugar's super high and i shouldn't be eating anything i'm super hungry well, like three more shakes wouldn't be bad right like or like you know i want to sit down and eat like six sandwiches even though my sugar's like 400 god you're the kind of guy that would just sit there and just like, I'm going to eat all these Krispy Kreme donuts. It's true. He probably would, too. God, why are you not the fat one? All the shit you eat. Very high metabolism. Horse shit. <laughs> I mean, I eat a lot of bad shit for me, but this is horse shit. My, my metabolism is super high, which is why I, I also eat like every two to three hours. Yeah, so do I. That's why I'm 300 pounds. <laughs> Oh, well, there's a there's a fun medical tidbit for the Crawling Commando. So if you guys uh, have your bingo cards out, you can hit uh, Squiggles Diabetes. We finally hit that square. <laughs> now, I think this is the first time we've really addressed it on any of the media. Uh, Probably. There may be one real early on where we did, but... I don't know, man. Well, I mean, before, when we started, this is the first time we've really given opinions and things. Yeah. I mean, we put some in the, uh, some of the old, po uh, not podcasts, uh, the, the YouTube videos. videos. Yeah. But for the most part, it was like, oh, we got this cool box. Let's open it. Oh, I got things I like. And then it was like, I like this thing. Well, it was never really a chance to talk about what we like and dislike, mm -hmm. our hopes and dreams for our futures. Our oh, I'm sorry. That's a different podcast, isn't it? <laughs> that is, yeah. This is, this is geeky talk. This yeah. is not hopes and dreams. I don't know. I mean, we're like 10 minutes in. Have we gotten any geeky talk? We've talked about your medical problems. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's very We've true. We've talked about Parker getting bit of your medical problems. So, yep. well, if that's what you guys are here for, well, congratulations, I guess. And we're hitting it. Uh, we do have a cool video ahead of, uh, yeah, video. I keep wanting to say videos. I'm still so used to doing those. Yeah. I would say it's, it, I was talking to someone earlier and I said, yeah, we're going to, we're going to film a, a podcast later. I'm like, not film, <laughs> record. record. We're going to record a podcast. <laughs> and they're you know, essentially the same thing, but you know. Uh, well, I mean, some people do record them so yeah. that they'll film them so that they're able to, you know, like, oh, like I know uh, Kevin Smith does it with Fat Man Beyond mm -hmm. and I think he does it with the other ones. I'm not a hundred percent. So like you can watch it instead of listen to it like this. And Rhett and Link do the same thing with ear biscuits. <laughs> so it is an option. It's one that I don't think we need because I'm going to be honest. It would be really boring just watching it like, oh, look at them staring at the mic and kind of glancing at each other lovingly once in a while. I don't know. It's like a forbidden love. Oh, my God. That was terrifying. <laughs> so uh, that's why we don't film it based on the look he just gave me. It was just pure scare. Ugh. 
<laughs> and I mean, I we don't really look like fucking good looking dudes either. I mean, ah, uh, you speak for yourself there. Yeah, no, I speak for both of us commandos. <laughs> so uh, going back to feel free to draw the commandos. What do we look like in your head? I won't describe us, but let's just say there's a lot of beard on one of us. It's me. I have a big beard. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, you been up to anything else this week aside from uh, almost dying? Uh, sleeping because of the freaking plague you gave me. I've been sleeping <laughs> or working. That is that is about the limit of where I've been. Well, I mean, sleeping is great. That's one of my favorite hobbies. Ah, man, I haven't really been up to much. Uh, we got God. We played Champions of Midgard last week. That was fun. That was a good game. I love I love when we get champions to the table. Oh man, I know, dude. It's so good. We also got uh, we played that heave ho. Oh yeah, that. Oh man, I've been telling people about that. Oh, it was crazy. So great. So heave ho is imagine if you had uh, I don't know a team of geo dudes and they had to hold hands to get across chasms. Uh, yeah, that's about the best way. I mean, Geodudes yeah. can fly, so I guess it's not the best example. It's uh, they're potato men. Potato men. Potato men. Potato I mean, men with arms. Yeah, and they're just no legs. Just so arms. you control it with the shoulder buttons on the uh, Nintendo Switch, and you just you you have to swing around and do weird shit. And you're trying to get coins to this endpoint, and it is insane. And it's very very hard to control because it's hard to tell which hand is your left and which is your right as you're flopping through. Well, the, here's a fun the thing air. I found out. Uh, Noel and I were playing it last night. And uh, there's actually, uh, we were playing on quote-unquote easy mode because the gloves are, you know, the blue gloves right and the red gloves left. Uh-huh. Uh, you can take those gloves off so it's just hands and you can't even tell, you don't even get the color. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God, it was so crazy. So, yeah, we're playing this game and, like, everybody's just, like, clomped onto each other. You're trying to hold this <laughs> coin and we got just, like, a giant, like, I don't know, barrel of monkeys, like, nightmare Weird potato happening. orgy is what it yeah, was. Yeah, in essence, it's like a potato orgy. It's like a... I, I stand by. It's kind of like a Geodude orgy. Yeah. So if you wanted to get your rocks off to that, I would, uh, I'd recommend giving it a shot. Heave Ho, it's on the Nintendo Switch, was like 10 bucks. And I don't think I've laughed as fucking hard as I did playing that. <laughs> I, I know I've not laughed at a video game that hard. I don't know when the last time I have actually laughed that hard at anything was. Oh my we, God. There was a point where we were, for like five minutes straight, couldn't move because we were laughing so hard. I think my favorite is we all got in the basket to finish the level. It's was like halfway across the room. Finally, we're like, we're going to have to fucking leave the basket to go get this guy. <laughs> I am terrible at video games. I love video games. I am terrible at video games. You are, man. I am one of the worst people to have ever picked up a controller and be like, I actually like this. One of my favorite things, I think it was like the first time I met your parents and they were like, oh yeah, Tyler used to have to go call his sister to beat a level for him. We would do that for each other. It was just, because we would share the, the game system anyways. I mean, I'm just saying, I've seen you play video games. I can't imagine that Krista would have had to call and be like, hey, uh, Squiggles. Um, <laughs> she calls you Squiggles in my scenario, yeah. apparently. Oh, man. It, it, it my, I was really good at, like, different puzzle stuff. That was, I, she's, she's good at that now, but back then, I was really good at, like, oh, no, puzzle stuff. So now stuff. she doesn't beat you is what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> she's actually gotten good at video games. No, you have not. Oh, I have not. You're fun to play with, though, because, like, oh, my God, I think you pissed Sarge off so bad when we are playing Overcooked. Oh, my God, Because yeah. we tried, if you guys haven't played Overcooked, Overcooked is another crazy co-op game. So, Heave Ho, we were just, we were all terrible at because we weren't communicating very well. And, again, it's hard to tell what you're doing in that. It is. I'll give you that. And then as people die in, Overco in uh, Heave Ho, like, their blood will just splatter you. <laughs> so then your gloves are covered, and you're like, I don't even know what gloves fucking which. You don't, and not just your gloves, your whole body, so you don't even know which character uh, is you. Oh, my God. But so we're playing Overcooked once, and we're playing it with Sarge, and... 
Like, the point of Overcooked is, like, you're all, like, sous chefs, and you're trying to cook shit up, and it's a fun little game. And we'd be like, all right, we need someone to do this, someone to do this, and we'd give Squiggles a job, and he would just shit the bed. I, I would do good for about halfway through, and then my and then attention he, would go somewhere else. And yeah, I'm, you're like, oh, I don't want to wash dishes anymore. I'm like, we need you washing the dishes. <laughs> oh, my God, but, oh, heave-ho was fucking hilarious. Squiggles, just stop moving. We'd grab onto him and put him in the middle of the monkey chain, <laughs> and we wouldn't even let, let him hold us. Like, we would grab his arms so he couldn't even grab us. I'm like, all right, now we're going to get to the end of the level. <laughs> it's, like, more like playing. Oh, man, I don't know. It'd be like... Like playing with an elderly citizen who doesn't understand anything. Yeah, that's a that's a fair you, point. Yeah. We'll help you cross this chasm, Mr. Smith. <laughs> Come here, Mr. Squiggles. We're gonna cross the chasm now. Oh, we had a great time. That was so much fun. It was. We had to do that again. You I wish you and Aaron had more for you had uh, more nights for you together, man. Especially because then we got uh we got champions to the table. We'd be yeah. able to get some juicier games to the table. That's the issue we run into sometimes is Aaron and I are hard, but like Sarge is not. Sarge is more like, oh, let's play the lighter games. Let's play the easy, light, fun stuff like Joking Hazard, which is fine. Nothing yeah, wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But I would like, to, I like to get the harder stuff to yeah. the table. Well, with like we you guys having opposite weekends, we have a hard time getting games like Twilight Imperium to the table. Uh, we got Scythe and Rising Sun that we want to get to the table, but Rising Sun, we want to have five people on. And TI, we want to try to play with a full six-player complement. And it's like, uh, I just, I don't know how to, I don't know when we'll be able to do it right now. Right. So I, not going to lie, I love TI. Oh, I, I know. that Those those days when we were like, because we would plan that one for a month in advance. Oh, yeah. We, man, we had a great time. You played you played TI4 with us last, yeah, because yeah. you took Mechatol the first time. Because you're the one that instituted Galactic Senate. So TI4 is a great board game. Uh, it's a sci-fi board game. It's played over... Honestly, it's probably played only over about eight or ten or eight to ten rounds. I'm trying. I can't remember if there's a, t- a round limit or not. I think it's eight rounds. But it's played over X amount of rounds, and the entire point is it's like um, it's not civ building so much as you just you build a fleet of ships. You're trying to take the center of the game board. It's called Mechatol Rex. You're trying to take that planet uh, in TI4. When you take that planet, when someone takes that planet, at least the Galactic Senate goes into sen- goes into play, and the Galactic Senate when they're playing is then there's a round where you have to go to Senate, and it's like all the stuff everybody hates about uh, Star Wars Episode One, but I actually really enjoyed it. In the I enjoyed it in the game, because then you can pass laws. Uh, there's different cards that require different things. Uh, the be- the, I believe the best law you guys passed was Fuck Squiggles. Oh, it wasn't fuck squiggles. It absolutely was because no. it was the only. I was the only person who had a chance of stopping whoever was in the lead, <laughs> Rooster, and everyone decided to listen to Rooster. You didn't have a chance. Of, so the okay, okay no, you're no, no. talking the about the only the only way I had a chance of so, was to get somebody else. I was not going to win that game, but somebody else could have beaten you. Had that had they let my my thing go through? Yeah. Okay. No. Yo. Bullshit. I benefited us all because I stopped everybody from advancing their technologies. Because what we did was the option was we could vote and everyone could get a free tech, or we would not, or we would put a ban on uh, on technology. And I needed the ban on technology because I was scared you guys would get war sons and come after my space lions. Exactly. Well, and I was the one going. We need to. We need to get the technology. We need everybody to get the technology. And for some reason, because this charismatic motherfucker decides to actually be a charismatic motherfucker, everybody listened to him and said, 
Yeah, no, and I was the only person who didn't have enough technology I think to my favorite I part actually advance. Is in that the game. at that point, Aaron had a war son because his race started with one, but I had two and a third one under construct. Like I was like, let's make more war sons. I was all about that life, man. Yeah, no, I don't understand what the problem is. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe I had one and I had one under construct. I can't remember. Maybe there's I think, a yeah. I think you only have two. So yeah, I think the limit's two war sons in the game. But I yeah, you, def you definitely had at least one. I know I was about to max out war. Like I had. I was like, yes, yeah. all the war sons. I don't understand what what was the problem. Listen, man. Yeah, because at that point I had no chance of winning. Well, that's because you were fucking stupid. And at the very beginning of the game, you attack the dude that you're like scrappers, and you're like, I'm gonna go attack the guy that has a war son. Yeah, that was dumb. That, yeah, yeah, that oh, was yeah, fucking that was dumb. dumb. But God, because Noel had the fan heads, I had the space lions, I had the and Russ had the turtle. You, you were space wolves. wolves. You were the space wolves. I don't remember any of the race names, guys. <laughs> it's been two years. <laughs> I, I just I remember Aaron was like the Ember dudes. So his was like little dudes that were like Ember. They were like a war race and they had fucking war sons are in essence death stars in the game. So you get like fighters, uh, carriers, uh, cruisers, destroyers, dreadnoughts and uh, death and uh, war sons. So pretty much war sons are death stars and they're just super powerful. But there is a variant so that if you want to destroy the uh, war sun, you can use a fighter. You have to roll a six and then you have to roll another six. Oh, so you. So if you can roll double sixes. So, ba you so basically, you're you're Luke on the. Yeah, and Trent run. Trent run. Yeah, and ba basically, you Trent run it. Um, I have never seen it. I've only heard about it in lore, like you know, because that's the kind of shit where you're like, holy shit, they destroyed a Death Star with a fuck. Oh yeah. shit! So a war sign. I can't say Death Star. That shit's copyrighted. Well, I mean, that's essentially what they are. But war sign. War sign is what. Yeah, they are. I mean, it's a great game. It is. It's a great man. It, it takes it, it forever. Took a, it took us. I think 10 hours to play the first game and oh, like yeah. eight hours to play the second one. And we fucked up the second game because yeah. that was when Matt played with us the second time and we let him get too many points. So we missed a rule. It was a key rule because they streamlined everything in TI4 and they streamlined a lot of it so that you could only get X amount of lanes. And we're like, oh yeah, it makes more sense. You could get all these points in the first in a round. You cannot get all those points in a round. Right. So mistakes were made. There is a timing element to that one too, though. I think I'm playing over ten now that I'm like I'm trying to remember the board setup, and I'm not going to dig it out to look at it. But God. yeah, it's such a great game. It, but it is one that you go, okay, who's available on this date one month from now? Yeah, so you got to plan can, that pretty hard. Yeah, you you plan some dinner. You plan some some you know five to six people being there. Yeah, I got to plan babysitting for it now because I can't have park running around. Right. Because I need Noel because we need that person. Yep. But that's the issue. Like there are games like I mean, Star Wars Rebellion is a great game in that it only takes two people. So you, it's a four or five hour. It's a big game. But Aaron and I can play that together because we're like, oh, yeah, it just takes two of us. And like I said, Sarge just he's not in. The, he wants the lighter fare. He wants the mm -hmm. terror belows, the Arkham final hours. Uh, Mansions of Madness, because I mean, for the most part, Mansions of Madness is a great game. Man but Mansions isn't super hard, but it's a fantastic game. Oh yeah, it's a great game. It's, it plays it for you. If you're not familiar, Mansions of Madness is Fantasy Flight. It's part of the Arkham Horrors, so you know Cthulhu kind of mythos, and it plays through an app on your phone. It's really cool, but I mean, really, once you set it up, like the game does everything. Like the setup's yeah. not a bitch. Like Mansions of Madness uh, first edition was terrible, and the setup was just a rough setup. The second edition does everything through the phone, and that's the edition a lot of people love. And it got uh, it got Game of the Year when it came out. I think in sixteen, a lot of people loved it, and it's still a very popular game. Oh yeah, you. That's one of the few games that you can still find out in like it at you know books a million or something like. Oh that. yeah, it's um it's an evergreen title. Yeah, 
So it's uh, you know it's up there with you know Settlers. It's up there with uh, Sheriff of Nottingham. Ticket to Ride. It's one that Fantasy Flight will be able to put out for as long as they feel like. Yep. Uh, there are there's a new expansion coming out even uh, uh, Serpent Serpent's Path something like that. The last one added uh, the last one actually added a hidden uh, trader mechanic to one of the uh, scenarios. Oh okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And this one's gonna add uh, like some dungeons and some temples and like. Know, in the middle of Africa or something like that. Interesting. So mansions is definitely. I have a hard time debating between that and Eldritch as my as Eldritch Horror as my favorite Arkham Files game, but I think I'd probably go mansions. Like I love it. I want to own everything for it, and I do own pretty much everything for it. I just need the new expansion when it comes out. It's my toolbox game. It is takes up a uh, takes up a full toolbox, and I may need to get more uh, get a bigger toolbox for it. I'm gonna have to get one of those rolling toolboxes soon. Yeah. God, I love Mansions of Madness. Mansions is such a great game. Another fantasy flight game. If we ever do a, <coughs> we ever do a top ten board game. I'm scared that it'll be like, wow, look how much stock I put into Fantasy Flight. Yeah. But other than that, let's see. I don't know if I've gotten anything crazier to the table. Uh, we played something on Monday night for game or Thursday night, whatever Thursday that game night. night was. Thursday night. But I don't remember what it was off the top of my head. It was something. Obviously, it couldn't have been that fun if I don't fucking remember. Oh, it was legendary. It was a great. It's a great game. More of a legendary. Yeah. It's a deck builder. Sorry, guys. I'm like, oh, it couldn't have been good if I don't remember it. No, it was actually one of one of my favorite fucking games. An upper deck game, not a fantasy flight. So we were playing that. We played. Uh, oh man, we uh, we hosed ourselves though. So in legendary, it's a deck building game. You pick five Marvel, five or six Marvel heroes, depending on how many players there are. Uh, you make a big deck fig uh, with them. And then, you know, you'll buy the cards as you get the chance. Uh, you'll have shield agents and shield troopers. Agents allow you to recruit. Troopers are allow you to attack. Uh, when you recruit more heroes, you'll get more recruit and more attack, depending on what they are. It's a deck builder, basic deck builder. Uh, you play against a uh, you play against a computer, in essence. It's a villain deck that you'll build based on whatever rules and requirements you have from a scheme deck and from how many players there are. You'll pick a big bad. In our case, we picked uh, Carnage. Oh, yeah. And we picked uh, Flood the Glaciers or Melt the Glaciers, which uh, as soon as you KO 20 hero cards, you lose, which unfortunately we picked Carnage and Scrolls, which are all about KOing hero cards yep. as their villain abilities. So we uh, we hosed ourselves. That That's very true. And yeah, we were two turns away, man. We'd have had it too. That's how those games work, though. They You, you get the, those little bit of, I, we're so damn close. So close. <laughs> Boom. Done. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. And, you know, we played at the harder difficulty that we could. And it's a good time, though. Uh, Legendary is another one that's a great evergreen title. There are so many expansions to it. Yeah, and so many different versions of yeah, it. Yeah, so if you've ever wanted uh, Moon Knight to team up with Cyclops, Deadpool, and uh, Mr. Fantastic, well, good news. Not only can you have that happen, they can all team up to take on Galactus. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, Carnage or Mysterio and it's like, whatever, and you know, you want the scenario to be the Civil War. Sure, we can make that happen. Secret Invasion? Hell yeah. <coughs> so it's really Avengers fun. Avengers versus X-Men? Absolutely. Oh, I'm sure it's there. I am sure it's there. I, I think it's actually one of the expansions is, is Avengers versus X-Men. Uh, maybe. I know X-Men's one of the expansions, which I actually have that expansion. I have a bunch of expansions I haven't done. Um, it doesn't fit in my box anymore, so I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, I have to buy uh, Hobby Lobby has a artist case, which I don't like to give my money to Hobby Lobby all the time because they're a weird store sometimes. But if I head up there, uh, there's an artist case I can get. And then Broken Token has a deck organizer I can get to put in there. So I got I got to break down and buy it one of these days. Yeah, you can get a cool one online for like 90 bucks. It's got the deck orga organizer and it's got like a legendary burned into the cover. But I'm like, I don't know if I need I don't need to spend 90 bucks on it. Yeah. 
Not for a carrying case. I just I need that to organize my cards. I need that for uh, Game of Thrones as well. Because I, I got played that one. Uh, I like Game of Thrones. It's uh, you would enjoy it. I think. I mean, it's a deck builder. It's yeah. uh, same kind of aspect. Uh, it's Fantasy Flight again. So back to the uh, back to the Fantasy Flight. But it's an LCG. So what you do with that is you always know what you're going to get. I'm going to stop you right here. Fantasy Flight. If you guys want to uh, sponsor Crowing Commandos and Call of the Crow, we would absolutely uh, adore that. Thank you very much. I'd be happier to know they just knew who we were. That too. <laughs> Funimation, Fantasy Flight. We got anyone else on our big list? Uh, Nintendo, Marvel. Marvel. Give us a call. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. So it's really cool. So it's called um, uh, it's called an LCG, a living card game. So you always know what kind of cards you're going to get in the packs. So instead of buying like booster packs, and you're like, man, I really hope I get, I don't know, this. Uh, I buy the things I do for love. It's a premium pack. It's got like 86 cards in it. And I know I'm going to get three this, three that, three that. Like, you know exactly. Right. So it makes the deck building aspect more strategic because everybody has access to the same pool. It's not uh, Magic the Gathering, you know, back in the day where you're like, man, I wish I had a Black Lotus. Or, you know, it's not a, like, man, I really wish I could get all the Exodia pieces. Like, everybody has the same card pool. Right. And it's not, so everyone has that same, like, playing level. Which, for me, I mean, in my teens, I was all about CCGs. I was all about playing games like that. I got that's one of the reasons I got it. Like I got sick of spending money on card games. Yeah. And now as an uh, as an older kid, because I don't feel like an adult at all. I have a kid. I don't feel like an adult. I, but, I actually said this earlier, and I think it applies. Growing older is mandatory. Growing up is optional. It's very true. It's very true. So as a but yeah, as an older kid, you have the chance. Uh, I can buy these uh, LCGs. So then I'm like, oh, cool, I can buy them, I can build the decks. And I mean, there's a bunch of them. Uh, Marvel actually has one coming out. I have it pre-ordered. It's called Marvel Champions. Nice. It's gonna be really, you're going to really enjoy it when it comes in. Trust me. I believe you. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, the base First of all, I love a good deck builder anyways. Or yeah. a, a good, you know, I love it's a, a good, It's a card game. It's not a deck builder so much as like there's some deck right. building. I love, I love a good card game. I, I don't know, maybe because my first foray into gaming was poker. So that was... I can dig it. So maybe that's just where that comes from. I'm just into, I love playing cards. I love playing with people, reading people and playing, playing different cards on what I'm feeling. Most of the time it, it's either very good or very, very off. There's no, there's no, it's okay. <laughs> I dig what you're saying and it'll be a, it's really fun. So it comes with uh, like, I think Rhino is an, as the starter villain. He's the easy guy. Ultron's the harder one. And then I don't remember who like the, the ultimate villain is, but there's like three levels of villains that'll make it challenging. It's got five heroes to start with. It's got Spider-Man, Black Panther, Cap, Iron Man, and uh, Captain Marvel. No, Cap's not in it. It's um, Spider-Man, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, She-Hulk, and uh, whoever I didn't mention, that's, uh, I don't know, Captain Iron Marvel, Man. Iron Man, Black Panther, Spider-Man. And She-Hulk. She-Hulk, yeah. Sorry, guys. We're repeating it like seven times. That's interesting, though, that, that Cap's not in it. So <laughs> Yeah, Cap's actually going to be the first hero pack you can buy. I was going to say, he, that's got to be an expansion pack maybe with another hero. Yeah, so LCGs tend to have a monthly expansion. Uh, they've just announced Cap's going to be the first hero pack. Green Goblin's the first villain. And then Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan is going to be the next hero pack after that. Cool. Now, is this Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, or is this... Camelicon. Cap no, Captain Marvel. Yeah, Captain Marvel's Carol, uh, Carol Camel Danvers. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh, Captain Marvel's going to be Carol, uh, and it's cool because the game's going to use... Uh, there's two different sides to your hero card. You have a uh, Alter Ego, which is like, you know, Peter Parker the Scientist, and then the Amazing Spider-Man. And some cards do different things depending on, like, you can't use attack cards as Peter Parker, and you can't use, like, Aunt May as Spider-Man. 
So it's really interesting in how the game's going to work. Uh, there's like a bunch of different attributes you can pick. Like I can have a justice-based hero, uh, which means, you know, maybe they're doing more like I'm going to arrest things or it might like depending on how the game's going to work. Uh, you know, you can give She-Hulk the the hitty cards in the uh, like an aggressive based hero, or, or you, you can make her a justice hero and like and change up do, like uh, have her do all the lawyer stuff as uh, Jen Walters. Kind of in that like thematically and change it up that way. Like they always have cards that they'll always have. Like Spider-Man will always have web shooters. He'll always have Aunt May. But then like what other type of deck do you build out of? Like do you throw right. in there? So I'm really intrigued to see it. I've read through the rulebook a couple times. I'm really interested to see when it comes out. I I will be looking forward to playing that one with it for, yeah. <coughs> for sure. I think it's supposed to be out by the end of October, beginning of November. So it's, uh, I mean, whenever it launches, supposedly I should get it around uh, around launch date. So I'm looking forward to that coming in. That's cool. Oh, man, I guess we've uh, we've rambled on for like half an hour. We probably should move into something else, eh? I would say so. So uh, moving into the news this week, we've actually got a pretty good news section. I think we uh, yeah, this we're messing around, good, man. We yeah, had... this is a good a good week for news, <laughs> and we keep adding to it. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I guess like the one that we don't have on the list that uh, I'm going to add to right now is: Do you read any of the web tombs? Uh, I do. I've read um, Let's Play, which has been a fantastic, and I'm starting a couple others. Uh, one of which is Olympus. Lore Olympus. Lore Olympus. It's convenient you mentioned that one. So Lore Olympus is actually the one we're going to talk about. Uh, Webtoons, I believe they were founded in like 2015, something like that. Uh, it's a webcomic. Uh, it's an app, I think. It is an app. I don't use Webtoons. Uh, Noel does, you do. And I've just started using it, and I actually really like it because it, it's not just a, um, it's not just a, a webcomic it's a collection of webcomics that you can you can find whatever suits your your uh personality that's kind of cool yeah i um i got i keep seeing ads for it because they keep thinking i'm an easy mark and honestly if i read through them i probably would enjoy it i've read the first chapters of a couple stories uh the let's play one i've read through it's like a guy you know he plays a game and he ruins someone's life because he's like this game sucks but he plays it wrong yeah and and, the, and his fan base because he's a youtuber his fan base of youtuber jesus dude the the i'm not going to get sued copyright names in that comic are hilarious um but yeah the the youtuber and all his fans decide well we're gonna go ruin this indie game developer's reputation that's fucking mean yeah well the one we're here to talk about though is lore Lore Olympus. olympus that's fun say that together so the way Laura, uh, Laura Olympus actually just got optioned for a young adult series. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So uh, it was a big news. I actually wasn't going to include it in the news because I was like, oh, Noelle really likes this. She tells me about it all the time. She has me read panels. She really enjoys it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize how many people enjoyed it until they announced, I think, Friday that they're going to make a movie out of this or a TV series. And my Facebook has blown the fuck up. Like, oh, my God, this is my favorite thing to read. And I'm like. Well, I guess it's important. Maybe we should add this. Uh, I'm, I've only read a couple of uh, chapters on it. I think I'm only on chapter two or three. But yeah, I've enjoyed the f- couple of chapters that I've read, and I'm looking forward to the few chapters that I'm getting to. Cool, man. So yeah, Lore Olympus, uh, they don't have anything other than the fact that it got optioned into a TV show. There's no guarantee it becomes a TV show, obviously, as we know how development hell and the right. world works, but there's a possibility that it'll get out there. It looks really cool. Like the animation for the comic looks interesting. It looks very, I don't want to say rudimentary because I don't want to sound like I'm like I'm slamming it. It's a webtoon. Like, it is, but it, it's, I, I like the fact that uh, each 
uh, god of the, the, the Greek mythologies tends to be like one full color. They don't, they don't tend to, at least from what I've read, they don't tend to spread out too much so you know instantly who you're reading about and who you're looking at. From what I think I've seen, I think you're correct. Um, the one that that stands out to me is I know they do the taking of Persephone mm -hmm. in a very that's interesting the, path. Yeah, that's the first like real chapter of the, of yeah. the series. See, that's the one who I'll always, uh, and that's what she told me about all the time. It's probably when she first started reading it. Probably. So that's uh, that's a big one, and it's a very interesting take on it. Um, I'm not going to spoil it in case you guys are interested in checking it out. It's called Lower Olympus. It's on Webtoons, and they're free, right? Yes, they are Do free. Do you get ads or anything? Um, or you're just waiting for the comics to unlock? You you, you wait for the com You can pay for like a, a fast pass to read things quicker, but everything will just unlock eventually from what I can tell. So... I, I and I haven't seen any ads yet. Okay. So I mean, it's hard to put ads in like reading material so much yeah. as just like whatever they have in the pop up ads or whatever. Right. All right. Cool. So uh, check out Lore Olympus uh, soon coming to the uh, the TV screen near you, maybe. Possibly, and you know that'll that'll be an interesting way that they do that too. I'd like to. I'm interested to see how that becomes a show well aside from you know the fact that you're like oh they're making the show uh it seems to be a big deal for webtoons this is the first thing they've had optioned so it sounds like the article i read about it and we're going to link it in the show notes of course is that they're very excited that this is the first and they want it to be more i don't know how the how it works artist wise how the the payout is for them if it's like image comics where you know it's all artist owned but then it's all kind of collated by them or not i have no idea from what i can tell it's artist it's artist owned but they use the webtoons as a platform yeah hey, well we can only hope i hope whoever made it i hope if they're able to license it and they're going to make money off of it i hope that the artist gets money or the right. whoever created it. i don't know if it's the same artist and writer i, I really couldn't tell you but I hope that whoever has this, that they are going to get whatever they're due because I'm always happy to see artists succeed. Absolutely. So, Laura Olympus, uh, moving on, a little bit headier subject. Uh, Gina Davis is teaming up with Disney to tackle gender bias in movies and TV. And this is very interesting because they, in the article, uh, they, they had said, you know, this is not something we can change overnight uh, to have more women and more, more people of color, more uh, LGBTQ in all the higher up positions of the world. Uh, only like 10% of the CEOs of the world are women or people of color or you know what have you. So that's not something they can change overnight. But something they can change overnight is putting people, putting women and people of color and, and LGBTQ, all these people in positions of power in TV. Well, Squiggles, color me impressed. You definitely did your homework this time. I did. You give me the finger. Fuck you, man. I wasn't. <laughs> sure, he's not. He's over here, like, scratching his beard, flicking me off. Like, fuck you. I can read. Nah, man, good job. Seriously. I wonder if that's what Noel's yelling about being mean to you. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, she gave me some shit. She's like, you know, man, you're kind of mean to Squiggles in the podcast. So I don't know. Am I? Am I mean uh, to you? I, 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 <laughs> yeah, are you brushing it, it off? Am I bullying you? I find you it need more help? playful banter. So. Oh, I think he needs help, Commandos. Maybe uh, maybe we should end the podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> We're going our separate ways. We're having the uh, the squiggles and rooster civil war again. <laughs> but no, nah, man, cool. I'm glad you read it. Uh, yeah, you hit all the all the highlights of the article. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed this article, too. It was a, a very good, well-written article about what they're doing. Um, so, it, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, what I think is really cool about it, uh, amusingly enough to me, Gina Davis has just been popping up all over my feed recently. 
Uh, Gina Davis, as you know, she played the uh, Lydia in Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may also know her as uh, she is the Fantan runner uh, sh- runner for Glow in season three. So she appears in season three of Glow as a former showgirl, now a casino runner. A really cool lady. And yeah, so what she's doing with this is she's worked with a lot of developers and they've in essence made a spell check for scripts. And they're going to be able to analyze scripts, see who's saying what, who's in what positions. And it's a chance for them. Like you said, they can't change the world overnight, but you can change movies overnight. And in in, in doing so, in changing movies and changing TV shows, they hope to inspire people to change the world. Yep. Uh, what she's also saying is that it's not it's a tool not to it's not made to shame people. It's like, you know what? There's inadvertent biases that we have right now these writers have inadvertent biases it's I mean, just fact had, it's always how it is yeah, why not change it's it up been a little the same bit for the last 50 years pretty much so let's let's find a way to truly change this so i was really impressed and i'm really interested to see what happens with this uh disney of course making a shot you know they're trying to uh fix their image a little bit in some aspects and i think this is a really cool way to start i i, I agree and they're going to work for the next year on scripts with the uh, the spell check for the scripts. Well, I think what's most important, at least in my opinion, is, you know, like we have, I've had so many cool role models I can look up to. Like I'm a white male, mm-hmm. so I can't imagine, and I know it's out there. I can't imagine like not having that like role model to look up right. to. And the fact is, I remember listening to uh, Fat Man on Batman uh, last year with Kevin Smith and Mark Bernard and, and, you know, Mark talked about how awesome Black Panther was and how awesome it was to have that hero that right. he could look up to. And Kevin Smith said something similar about a year before that with Wonder Woman. He took his wife to see it and his wife and daughter were both like, oh, my God, like, that's our hero. Like, you get this shit all the time. And like ever like I, I you know, it's like, wow, I, you know, like sometimes I take for granted the fact that like, oh, I get I get all these heroes all the right. time. So and I know how much like how cool it is for me to be able to look at those heroes and be like, oh, yeah. And you can see yourself in so many of these heroes, and it's nice to be able to have these other heroes, like you say, that other people can start looking up to, people of minorities, people of LGBTQ, you know, whatever, what have you. They can actually look up to these people and be like, I can see myself here. And I think hopefully if that happens and we put... We, we see more, you know, people of color. We see more women, more, my, you know, whoever it is. We see people that aren't just white dudes in positions of power. Maybe that'll change some of the world as well. Like, again, we're two white dudes, so you know, right. we can't go too far into this because it's like, who wants to fucking hear what we have to say? Right. But I do think that if uh, I would love there to be more people that don't look like us in positions of power on the stuff that Parker watches as he's growing up. Right. I don't think he's going to grow up and be racist or, you know, biased, but I, and I I can give a great example of this. A coworker that I used to have has young boys. They watch the loud house and in the loud house, there is a, a black kid with uh, gay fathers. Mm -hmm. And he was upset by this. And why does this need to be in the show? Cause why not? Why there are people like that out there, so why not have them in the show? Well, do you remember a couple years ago, uh, Cheerios got all that shit for a mixed-race commercial? Do. And it's like, man, it was a commercial to sell me some fucking, like, Wheat Loops, in essence. Right. And you're mad because there's, like, I can't even remember. I think it was an African-American it was, no, mom. It was, and it, a, was, it was an African-American mom and a white mom. It, was, uh, it wasn't a... It was a... a uh, was it a lesbian couple? It was. Oh, shit. So, but people lost their fucking minds about it. I'm like, all right, man, who gives a shit? They're just trying to sell me some Cheerios. I mean, I already know Cheerios are good. So, and now that I have a toddler, he knows Cheerios are good because <laughs> that's like the, that's the go-to toddler. Like everybody fucking yeah. buys Cheerios for well, their kids, man. Interesting fact. And I don't know if you know this, but Cheerios are made 
because someone had cereal, was giving their kid cereal, and they were choking on it. So they purposely made Cheerios with the hole in it so that if toddlers are eating them, they are less likely to choke. I'm pretty sure that's why Lego heads have holes in them, too. I did not know that, but... I feel like someone told me that same exact thing about Lego heads. I'm not going to fact check it right now. I mean, it's 2019. I could easily grab my phone, but someone told me about that about Lego heads, too. But yeah, so Gina Davis, uh, she in essence made spell check to uh, check out scripts and uh, try to stop some gender bias. Right. So I hope it works. I hope it works out for Disney and I hope they take more advantage of it. I hope so, too. It it looks fantastic what they're trying to do. Let's see. What other cool information do we got? Oh, this one I'm actually really excited for. Undiscovered Country. You know Uh, anything about it yet? I, I, yeah. You sent me an article about this a year ago. Oh yeah, dude. Whenever when they, they fir- first like it was just the 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 country's been walled off for thirty years, and I was like, I'm hooked. Yeah, I'm man. In. Tell I me more. So so I, I can't wait. For oh, this. I know. So Scott Snyder's new book. It's called Undiscovered Country. Uh, it is. I've been interested ever since he made the first announcement. The first announcement was just, Hey, man, America's been walled off for thirty years, and all of a sudden the door opened. Like, what the fuck do you mean? Tell me more. Right. And honestly, there hasn't been much more until. <laughs> oh man, there's been jack and shit. <laughs> So, uh, Absolutely. so Scott Snyder, you know, they had Comic Con. Uh, we just had New York Comic Con. And the biggest tidbit we've got is we know it launches. The comic itself launches November 6th. I'm very excited. I have to add it to my pull list, but I am I am jacked for this comic. It was just optioned into a movie. So it's going to be from Image Comics. Is it Comics. a movie or is it a show? It's a comic. But No, it, I mean, it was it optioned for a movie or was it optioned for optioned a show? Optioned for a movie. Okay. So Scott Snyder picked it up. Uh, I missed Or Scott Snyder. Thing, so. Yeah, it's I, I thought I thought it was uh, option for a show, but that's fantastic too. Yeah, but yeah uh, New Republic Pictures won acquisition auction with a seven-figure deal with an eye toward a feature film franchise that would evoke post-apocalyptic epics. That I mean, this I love when you do post-apocalyptic stuff. The post-apocalyptic stuff is is my bread and butter for for comics lately. Um, I just I love that that things went crazy, things went south. Let's see how the world is moved on i'm definitely intrigued to see what they'll do with this one yeah so it's just uh yeah man i mean we don't know much uh, i think disease is going to be playing a part in it and that's why people are going back into america so they've announced a little bit more like oh there was a disease and america might have the cure and the main characters are going to be a brother and sister mm-hmm. that were got out or, of america got out of america right before the the what was it the the screening well, yeah before whatever it is so there's a there's a lot of things we don't know about we are very interested. Very um, interested. I, I can't wait to read this one. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to picking it up. November 6th, we'll find out. But uh, who knows, man, well, there might be a movie coming up. Again, like earlier, you know, we could have a movie. It might kind of fuck off. Who knows? But I'm excited for this one. But Snyder, Snyder's actually said he's going to, you know, he's working on the movie as well, too. So that's that. Yeah, he's going to be working on both because uh, Image Comics is owner is creator owned. So that means everyone, uh, Scott Snyder's like, oh, I get to own this property. So I get to make this movie and make the comic at the same time. So and he should have he full creative said control, they, I believe. They will be very closely uh, related. They, I'm very interested to see, especially if they come out with a movie that comes out way before, like that would come out and finish it before the comics. Like, what's he going to do with that? You know what I mean? Right. But I'm uh, I'm really excited. The uh, the big art they keep showing is a helicopter flying towards a walled off United States. So I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, man, let's let's do let's this. Let's do this. Let's this see what's in there. Incredible. I know. I'm very interested. Uh, let's see. Quick tidbit. Uh, Toys R Us is back. Sort of. of. So nothing too exciting there. Uh, Toys I, R Us has sell, launched a website now. So they bailed out of bankruptcy. Yeah. A uh, former Toys R Us exec. And he is, they've teamed up with Target. Which is weird. 
So you can go to Toys R Us's website. You can look at a bunch of uh, toy reviews, what the hot toys are going to be. But then if you buy them, you'll buy them from Target. And it doesn't. Ju- it's not just going to buy you from the site. It actually sends you to the Target site mm-hmm. to buy them. Yeah, so it's like they teamed up with Target, which last year I believe Toys R Us teamed up with uh, Kroger's, I think. Oh, and they had like a toy man. aisle at a... I, for some reason, I feel like it's Kroger's Grocery. I know that sounds kind of weird, but that's what I think happened. They were like, Jeffrey's Toy Box. But now they're... Uh, TRU is uh, supposedly back in business. Um, if they want to launch a new toy store, I feel like teaming up with Target's the wrong way to go. Uh, I believe Target did the same thing years ago with Amazon. That, and that they, was an it's, article that Target actually said, this is a bad idea, but we'll take it. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, I don't know. I was a so, Toys R Us kid, so I hope they're back. Yeah, me too, but this almost feels like a... Um, a cash grab. Like I'm sure it is. This this feels more like a short-term cash grab than a long-term we're bringing back the company. Well, a lot of people lost their jobs, and I feel are bitter towards Toys R Us in this aspect. Uh, I have a kid who came into this world around the time Toys R Us was leaving. Yep. So it kind of makes me mad because I'm like, I remember how cool that experience was. And I've discovered recently that it is not only Toys R Us. I mean, they were full of toys, obviously. But like a lot of, the, a lot of their brands, especially they had True Hero, which was like... They had a fantasy offshoot, a military offshoot, like all these crazy offshoots. But I could buy the big buckets of army men, but I could buy big buckets of fantasy dudes, which were like elves versus orcs. Or I could buy a big bucket of like SWAT team versus uh, terrorists. I don't really know what the SWAT team would go against. Uh, But I mean, like I could buy those. And the fact that I cannot like I'm having a harder time finding that because that's kind of shit. Like Parker can't play with green army men yet, but I want him to soon, you know? Right. And not side- to mention, not to mention, we play D and D. Those make, especially that fantasy stuff, would make for great D and D figures for when you're actually. You playing. know, I'll tell you what. Sidebar: talking about green army men that I should have put in the news, but I didn't. I just saw a uh, company that makes army dudes uh, got a letter from a little girl, and they are going to make uh, green army women. Awesome! They're going to have five different uh, sculpts. I saw the sculpts. I'll try to throw it in the show notes if I think. And I can't remember what company it is. But they are going to make uh, they're going to make green army women because she's like, well, women can be in the army, too. Like, why? Why is it just boy toys? And I was like, man, little girl, that is awesome. Good on her. So I think next year they said they should launch it. I'm going to see if I can find it really quick. Your cat's attacking me. Sorry, guys. Rooster down. He got attacked by, uh, by, got a, attacked mutant. by a mutant. But so it's like it's the coolest thing, man. Uh, let's see. Yeah, man. Girls message for equality received in a big way. Green army. So I'll be able to throw this in the show notes. This is the concept art. So they're going to have like a bazooka dude or dudette, I guess I should say. Uh, M16, shotgun, and it's going to be through BMC Toys, Plastic Army Women. That's awesome. Yeah, man, it's super cool. Like they wrote a letter and they were like, supposedly the CEO goes, well, actually, we were thinking about this already, but we weren't sure if they were going to sell. Then I got this letter and man, fuck yeah, we're going to make them now. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to throw this in the show notes. I'm glad I brought this up now. Uh, yeah, because she was mad because all she could find was green army dudes in pink. She's like, I don't want pink army dudes. I want green, green army, army women. women. And so, yeah, like here's a little pistol lady. That's cool. Yeah, it's going to be plastic army women from BMC Toys. So BMC Toys, man, good job. You guys aren't shitting the bed on this one. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, congratulations, BMC Toys. Yeah, on a total <laughs> tangent for this news release. Uh, let's see. We got a few more articles. That's uh, nothing too crazy. Uh, Marvel uh, starts their Oscar campaign with a four-year consideration. RDJ said he's not interested. 
So uh, there was a big deal where they thought, oh, are we not going to get... There it is. Sorry, guys, the computer looked like it froze for a second. We got scared. Like, did we lose everything we just did? Uh, yeah, so there was a big thing where it's like, oh, my God, RDJ should be, you know, best actor. You should get that. And RDJ, I think he just doesn't want to deal with it. That's very possible. RDJ is great. Yeah, RDJ is fantastic. And, and we're very happy, very happy with what Endgame obviously gave us. But I, I like the, the article we're going to post the, the, uh, that you sent me is, is uh, him on the Howard Stern show talking about this. And he's like, listen, I don't care about this, man. I don't I don't care about the 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 awards. I care about making good movies. And I think that's really exciting. And I mean the thing is, like RDJ, man, I mean best actor to me, he carried a franchise for ten years. Like oh, there God. were other, you know, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, you know, Chris Pratt. Let's get all the Chris's out of the way. <laughs> um no, they they did great and they were amazing, but it's like it all falls on Iron Man. Absolutely. Iron Man's an important movie. And he carried that. And, you know, I'm going to tell you right now. Hey, you know what? I'm actually I'm going to save it in a little bit. I'm going to talk about Iron Man and you'll see why. Yeah. But uh, we'll have some talks about the Iron Man coming up uh, on top of them making good movies. Martin Scorsese and Jennifer Aniston apparently disagree. Yep. Uh, Scorsese says that uh, Marvel movies aren't cinema and Jennifer Aniston uh, said she's getting out of movies and going back to the silver screen because she doesn't want to live in a green screen. Uh, I find these comments to be crap personally. Uh, a, everything can be cinema. I may not dig it. You may not dig it, but are you seeing it in a movie theater? That's kind of how I feel about, cinema, bro. about art pieces in general. Just because it's not my type of art does not make it yeah. not art. No, no, don't get me wrong. Marvel movies are my kind of art. Absolutely. <laughs> and I love them. Uh, Jennifer Aniston, I love the article that we're posting here. It felt that the uh, person who wrote it had some uh, some things to say about Jenna Aniston. Because mm -hmm. they're like, you know, Jennifer Aniston says, you know, oh, I wish we could go back to Meg Ryan and movies like that. You know, says the actress uh, of not critically acclaimed rom-coms. So it felt like they had an axe to grind with Miss Aniston there, which was hilarious. So, yeah, man, uh, Scorsese and Aniston, not fans of the Marvel movies. Uh, Robert Scors Downey. Scorsese actually called them uh, more akin to theme parks than to, which I don't, uh, than to actual movies. I don't know about you, man, but I like Walt Disney World, too. Yeah. I think, I, I think the thing is, some people are like, if we're not watching movies about art and making us question the world, well, what are you doing? Are you wasting your time? And it's like, well, I like to watch movies that are fun, too. Yeah. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, we'll spill the beans. Coming up is a top 10 list of our favorite movies. Yeah. And while I think I have some quote unquote good movies on there. Uh, I've definitely I, got some terrible ones on mine, but I Yeah, I've got stuff that I love, ones. stuff that I enjoy watching. You know, we'll get Actually, to, most of mine are probably. You know, we'll discuss that in a little bit. Acclaimed. So oh, I'm looking at your list a little bit now. I'm, I'm overlooking your shoulder. I'm like, all right, we're going to have some conversations. Yep. Uh, let's see. couple more things. couple more things. Uh, this one I threw in there just because I know we both like Lordy. Uh, so Lordy uh, is a Finnish metal band. They're formed in 1992. Monster Rock. Uh, monster Rock. Uh, Lordy's big shtick is that everyone dresses up like a monster. Mr. Lordy is like a time-traveling demon. Uh, you have... Uh, Amen, who's a mummy. You had Ox, who just left the band, who was like a, a wear ox kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, the keyboards Minotaur is a uh, doll, uh, you know, a living possessed doll. And like, that's their shtick. They're monster rock. A lot of their movies are very evil debt. A lot of the movies on music videos are uh, just old horror movie kind of style. And then their music. Even their music is, is very. It's like, quirky, like, especially like a rock lips and the early stuff is yeah. like, you know, uh, the devil is a loser and he's my bitch. Uh, and then you've got the Hard Rock Hallelujah, which they won uh, Eurovision in 2006 with Hard Rock Hallelujah. 
So that's kind of what propelled them to fame. And then, then uh, Monsteriophonics was the story of a vampire, a werewolf, a mummy, and or no, a zombie and a witch. I love Monsteriophonic. Me too. Because the first half is uh, the first half's a regular album. The second half's that concept album. Yep. And that is one of that might is, be my uh, favorite. Honestly, it's one of my favorite albums that they put out, and it's probably up there with some of my favorite albums. I think it puts, I think that it goes, Monsteriophonic, I think, is better than Rockalypse. Rockalypse is great, but Monsteriophonic, I mean, once you get, like, you know, uh, what? Oh my God, it just, it opens so strongly with. Uh, let's he, go Slaughter He Man. Oh my God, yeah, I lost the title. I'm like, I love this game. Oh my God, I lost the title. Sla- let's go Slaughter He Man, Hug You Hardcore. Yeah. Mary is Dead. That's uh, about the only song I don't care not for. Not a Mary is Dead fan. Uh, is it because it's, it's kind of creepy? It, no, it's just a little too slow for me. Um, oh, I love I it. They li- slow it down. I will listen to it, but it's it's one of those ones. It's just it's a little too slow. Oh my God. Like, I, when I'm listening flick. to when I'm listening to it, I like the I like the sped up stuff. I think what you're saying, but oh my god, let's go slaughter He Man. Just it fucking opens it. It's fucking. Let's go so, slaughter He Man. Kill careful, the sissy and make him make it uh, hurt. Make it hurt. Yep, that is. Careful, we're gonna get a we're gonna get a copyright. <laughs> but oh my god, so good. Like I said, hug you hardcore. That's Mary's a great dead. One. Sick. Fl- uh, that sick, entire sick flick is good. Uh, Manskin boots. That entire honestly, that entire album. It's one of those like I like you know cover to cover, mm-hmm. like beginning to end. I'm down with that entire album. Uh, not as big a fan of their last one, Sexorcism. I haven't listened to that one yet. <sighs> Sexorcism's good, but it's just it doesn't. It's not as good for me. Right. Uh, but so this next one's gonna be called Kill Action, and it's going to be the uh, uh cl- the compilation of the greatest hits from the 70s to 90s. They started in 1992. They did. So, so what they're doing is uh. Well, imagine if. So, in essence, they've made a what if album, and it, which is, I love the concept already. Oh yeah, it's, the concept itself is is got me hooked, and I'm ready to listen to to this whole album back to back. But they're not just doing what if they're they're using the the equipment from whatever time frame they're 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 in. matching the time frame as much as possible. Yep. So they're going to go from early to mid '70s all the way through the uh, early '90s, from you know before the band would have been formed '90s. So late '80s to very early '90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's going to be a full album. It's going to be uh, their imaginary greatest hits. Uh, it's going to be alternate, you know, alternate dimensions. Like I think the themes, like we found these alternate dimension things. Uh, they put a little bit of the backgrounds on, like, oh, this is what we're doing and stuff. And let me just say that some of the stuff they posted is going to be fun. I think it's going to be phenomenal. It's supposed to release in January. Um, I'll probably try to find a record, uh, the vinyl copy, because I did that with Sexorcism. I ended up on some weird German website. <laughs> I remember you telling me about this. Yeah, so I ended up. On I some... love this. This you 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 got to tell this, but I love this. Story. Well, I mean, I don't think it's anything too crazy. It's just when you find just... a band you really like. I uh, I ended up on a. They were like, hey, you can buy the special edition. Um, in essence, it's uh, I, the best I can say is pus yellow kind of album looking, uh, just you know, vinyl. And I was like, I want that. You know, there's only going to be like 500 of these made. I'm like, fuck, yeah, I want one of them. So I get online and they're like, OK, go to this website. I'm like, OK, cool. And I go to this website and it's on like fucking I don't know what language. Like, Gotta Finnish. be got to be Finnish. Finnish. I don't know. German, Finnish language. Maybe. Well, I, I, I'll get to German. I slight, <laughs> I don't speak German, but I can read it a little bit. Right. So uh, I start on this one. I'm like, what Finnish the fuck is, is this a, uh, language, by the way? Yeah. OK. I, so I, don't I, would, I would know. say it's probably in a Finnish language. So I start off on this website on their regular website and they're like, oh, you got to go to this website. Well, I found that out because I Google translated. Then I got to this German website and I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> OK, cool. So I Google translate through that and I eventually get it. I put it in my cart and I buy it. And I well, I thought I bought it. So 
I click go and they don't want any credit card information or anything I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. Right. And I get a confirmation email and I'm like, this is fucking weird. And then I translate the confirmation email and the confirmation email is like, Hey, thanks for buying this Lordy, uh, vinyl. If you know, uh, you know, we're going to send it to you. You owe us money. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? I fuck. Of course I owe you money. Why didn't I just pay it on the website? And then they're like, uh, PayPal us. And I'm like, you want me to PayPal you? And I had to PayPal them like 40 some bucks. And I was like, this seems kind of weird. So I PayPal this random fucking email so the, I got from the this most German sketchy thing you've ever. Oh, most for. assuredly, man. Most sure. So the sketchiest fucking thing. So I email. I mean, it wasn't even like fucking like big dog records or something. It was yeah. like fucking email, like PayPal, like fucking Frank. John, yeah. John Smith of, of this, you know, area. like 44 bucks. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, all right. So I PayPal it. I'm like, man, am I going to get that? And I get a little, you know, an email later. Like, Hey, thanks for paying. And I'm like, am I going to get this fucking record? And like two or three months go by, you know, and the album comes out. Uh, the album's supposed to come out, I think, May of 2018. And I ended up, uh, I just moved. Thankfully, I, I knew I was moving. So I put my address on this fucking record. And I get this fucking record like two weeks before the album drops. Oh, really? Yeah. So I ended up getting the record. I'm like, I can listen to like Sexorcism. They'd release some of the music from Sexorcism and not all of it. And I got all of the, I, I got the album like two weeks before the record, before the album actually dropped. I don't know why, but they were like, here you I go. Wonder, I wonder if maybe it dropped early in Europe. Probably. I don't know. Cause that, that would be my own. I didn't guess. care. I was just like, yeah. And I put it on. I was like, wow, I, did some sketchy shit for this and it's not the best album I've ever listened to. It's not bad. It's just, it's not, it's I not felt Monsteriophonic was better. And we saw, we saw, um, we, yeah, we saw, saw their, them while they were doing the Monsteriophonic tour, which was just incredible. Oh, super awesome. Uh, we saw them in Cleveland. We did. It was At Mr. Lordy's birthday. I did Remember not, they brought the cake out? Oh yeah. I forgot about that. That was fantastic. Oh, it was super fun. If you've never heard a room full of of monster monster rock metalheads metalheads saying happy birthday to a monster to a, to a monster in ten inch platform heels. Yes, with you have not wings. lived. Yeah, man, it was great. That was a great time. It was one of my. Uh, it's a fond memory. That was my. Uh, it was my birthday weekend, so we went out to that concert. Yeah, God, that was fun. They were selling fucking their shit dirt cheap because they were selling the uh, the the signed posters for like five dollars. I think the the signed CDs were like twenty five. Yeah, I got I got the signed CD. It was twenty five bucks. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm not gonna. I don't have a CD player. I don't give a shit. It's fucking twenty five dollars. Right. Oh my god, and it's cool. Like I love that shit. And then our last news bit, and we'll cover through this pretty quick. I didn't think we talked Lordy so much, but I love them. <laughs> uh, Marvel's been sued apparently for the X Men theme. From the 1990s cartoon. 1992 to 1997 is when this show ran. Yep. Um, a uh, gentleman from Hungary, I believe, is mm -hmm. suing Marvel. Uh, he just heard the X-Men theme. Apparently he, in 2017. In 2017, he just That's, heard that, it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so the, uh, you know, da 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 so anyway, yeah, so yeah. So anyway, um, that's not getting us copyright infringement. So uh this dude fucking heard it and he said, No, that's uh this composer I represent, that was that's his music from the nineteen eighties show Linda, which was a cop thriller. Comedy. Comedy thriller, so they make them different over there. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm gonna be honest, I kinda listened to it and I it's uh it's similar. similar. It's similar, but it is not the chord progression's not exactly fucking, you know, it's not exactly Slash out there riffing through something. Right. Uh, but it is, it is very similar. I was like, his logic, uh, he says that the Marvel execs who would have exe who uh, would have been working the show 
would have known it from schmoozing with the Hungarian TV officials in the 1980s, which I don't know if I buy that so much. Apparently, it was a huge hit over in Hungary in the 80s up to about 91. Yeah, it's something they would have known. And Oh, man. So I I don't know, man. I I don't know if he's got a a case, though, because I, I can't believe if this was true. I can't believe that somebody hasn't pointed out that this is the same song in Hungary. Maybe. I don't know, man. Like, I agree. I don't know if they got a case or not, but it is. It, it is ta- very you're talking, similar. You're talking 25 years. I don't know if you have a case at this point. Yeah, I feel like statute of limitations definitely has to fall off at some point. Um, I think the biggest deal, though, is they are possibly getting ready to reboot the series. Oh, really? Uh, there has been rumors, uh, spoilers for a show that ended like 20 years ago. Uh, the way it ended is Charles Xavier goes off into space with Alandra uh, because he's got a disease and he has to go into space. And, you know, the X-Men are like, oh, we're so sad. We miss you, Charles. Uh, there's been potential, like, the creators have talked about, like, well, I guess a, a next season would be uh, the X-Men have fallen, kind of like Wolverine and the X-Men-esque, mm-hmm. like, the X-Men have fallen apart. Uh, sidebar, Wolverine and the X-Men deserved more. So, I'm so sad. That's one of the shows I'm really disappointed got canceled. But, you know, oh, what if the X-Men uh, fell apart, but then they had to go into space to save Charles again, and Charles was able to come back to Earth, and, you know, I don't I don't know, man. I don't know if it would work, but I mean, if you told me you were rebooting it, I'd fucking watch it. The only thing, because Jubilee was such a huge character in that, it's I don't know if I'd want Jubilee back because she was such a terrible character anyways. Oh, I don't give a shit, man. If I got all... Dude, that fucking taught me what Age of Apocalypse was when I was like eight. And then like, you know, fuck yeah, I want it all, dude. Give me my X-Men. To me, my X-Men. To me, my X-Men. So uh, I would be all about a revival. You know what was fantastic in the uh, in the them team with Pizza Hut with like the all black case with oh, like God, the red yes. foil. I forgot about that. Yeah, I will never forget that. I Night of the Sentinels. That. that was that was great. No, the the pilot, the uh, Pride of the X Men, when Wolverine was Australian. Oh, you're talking a different show, actually. So that was going to be a show in the uh, the late '80s, I believe. Pride of the X Men. It was, but it was it was essentially the pilot to X Men. The animated. Uh, I didn't know it was tied into that because I know it. Uh, I know that was a different show entirely because it was gonna be like Kitty Pride shit. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, Kitty Pride's like one of my favorite X Men. So give me more Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride and Locky. That's what I need in this world. Yeah. All right, we have ranted, raved, and rambled enough. Let's go into our top ten list so we can rant, rave, and ramble some more. <laughs> so uh, the way we did a top ten list are top ten movies. These are our personal movies. Uh, so these are the movies that if you were to put a gun to our head and said, you know, what <gasps> top, what movies do you like? We this is what we would name. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, I feel like ten is a little flexible because there were a couple movies I went back and forth when I got to my ten. Yeah, I, I'd say like the top top. Uh, 10 through 8 maybe so yeah I feel like there's definitely some interchangeability in the top couple but uh, you know this is what we came up with Uh, Sarge made a list hopefully we're going to be able to get that out to you sometime with him not being here we'll figure it out Uh, we're not going to talk too much on our movies but uh, let's uh, let's start off with uh, number 10 number 10 you want to start or you want me to Uh, I'll lead off on my my 10th favorite movie I came up with Came out in 1994. Uh, it went up against Disney's big Pocahontas, and that would be Lion King, or ah. as I like to call it, Bamlet. Because <laughs> Lion King, of course, is the uh, story of Bambi and Hamlet slammed together. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Uh, this was a movie that's always meant a lot to me. Uh, you know, Lion King almost made my list. There was a couple other ones that... that- 
uh, it just for it just kind of passed it out just a tad. So I'll be honest, like there were a couple of animated films that were kind of in that tenth spot that I was like, I don't know where it's going to be. I don't know what I'm going to land at. Uh, Lion King edged out uh, classics like Ghost in the Shell and uh, Spider Verse for me. Uh, and I just I love the Lion King. I have always loved the Lion King. Uh, I, I, it's cheesy, it's corny, but goddamn, do I just love that fucking movie? Uh, yeah. You know, Jeremy Irons as Scar, Mufasa, fucking, you know, Matthew Broderick, fucking as Simba. And, and Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Taylor, Taylor Thomas as young Simba. Like, you can't go wrong with that movie. It is just, there's so much to love in that movie. And, you know, like, Absolutely. Disney didn't know if that movie was going to be the big one. They put all their eggs in the Pocahontas basket. And like Lion Surprisingly. King, Lion King came out of the gate, and I mean it, it was so fucking popular. I haven't seen the new one yet. I actually have no desire to see like photorealistic li- lions yeah. as Lion King because for me, Lion King's always going to be those characters. It's always right. going to be Jeremy Irons, always going to be James Earl Jones, Matthew Broderick, Nathan Lane. Surprisingly, still James Earl Jones, but yeah, still James Earl Jones. <laughs> so I, uh, I'm a big Lion King fan. Uh, that is my tenth favorite. Um. Okay. So for number ten for me. Uh, and this can be switched out with just about any of these movies, but Robin Hood Men in Tights. Oh, any, any Mel Brooks movie really can Mel fit. Mel Brooks classic. I love Mel Brooks. I remember just sitting there watching, especially Robin Hood, though. That's why this one made the list. It was really between this one and Spaceballs. But oh, Spaceballs is so good. Robin Hood Men in Tights, I remember sitting there just laughing my ass off with my dad, my sister, my even my mom was watching this one laughing, and she hates Mel Brooks films. God, the movie, there's so many classic things to it. You have Chappelle. He's the only actor I can actually remember, but Dave Chappelle is, uh, what is it, Prince Carrie of Carrie Ells is in that as well. Carrie Ells is in it. He's right. Robin Hood. Oh, and my it, God, I, my how fa- did I blank that? One of, one of my favorite lines, one of my favorite lines is, is Carrie Ells, why should, why should I trust you? And he, he says, because I'm the only Robin Hood with an actual British accent. God, it's so good. It's so great. These, and my whole 10 list is a movie. If I see it on, it's like, okay, I'm going to stop and watch this for a while. Yeah, my 10 list would be similar. Like, if these movies were on somewhere, I'd be like, all right, I'm in. Let's do this. Yep. So, oh, man, good pick, man. Uh, Squiggish, you're doing good so far. <laughs> you're doing good so far. Uh, why don't you give your number nine? All right. Uh, so, for my number nine, Batman Begins. Batman Begins, really? Yeah. I didn't realize you were such a big uh, Chris Nolan fan. Uh, I like Batman Begins. Um, I like, I don't know, I like, I, I just, I like the Nolan verse quite a bit. Except I'm not for, sure, no, it's all you, man. Uh, it, it's just the, 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 you know, the characters were brought really well to life for me. Um, and I was a big Joker fan, big Batman fan, big Scarecrow fan. So all of that in those, but... Especially Heath Ledger as the Joker, Batman Begins. Uh, well, Heath Ledger's in uh, Batman Dark Knight. Dark, well, then D- Dark Knight is the one I meant to put on my list. But yeah, Batman <laughs> Begins. That's why I was like, Dark way to go, man. Like, low-hanging. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect you to pick Batman Begins. You meant Dark. Okay, come on. I was like... Dark, Dark Knight, but the whole really either either or. Again, I actually, be, I, I was more, I, I like Batman Begins more than uh, Dark Knight. Heath Ledger's great, don't get me wrong. Um, he's not, I prefer Jack Nicholson's Joker over that, if I'm being honest. Uh, you know, everyone's like Heath Ledger. Bust. Oddly enough, I didn't see Jack Nicholson's Joker until after the I saw the Heath Ledger. Shit, Joker. really? Yeah, it was just one of those weird coincidences. Right, well, that's how things go sometimes. Yeah, I'm a like I said, I'm a bigger Batman Begins. Uh, I I like the trilogy in the order it came out in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Liam Neeson. I think having Scarecrow be the main villain and uh, Ra's al Ghul instead of like Joker is such a great like. It's like all right, let's build into it. Like, and I think it's it shows an amazing control that Chris Nolan's Batman movies had. Uh, I think they really, I think 
I think it went off the rails a bit with Dark Knight Rises. I'm not a Dark Knight Rises I'm fan. Not a, I'm not a Rises fan. I think Bane was chewing scenery way too much, and he wasn't really Bane. I mean, I thought Bane was the best part of the movie. I don't know if he's Bane, but I thought he was the best he part was, of the movie. He, the, the problem for me wasn't Bane. He was, he was very much another just random Batman villain, but he wasn't Bane. But yeah, like I said, I feel like the wheels fell off the series by the end of the Nolanverse, but... Uh, you know, Batman, I, I think you can do well with Dark Knight. Like, I'm not going to knock the list. I think Batman Begins is a better movie. Again, I was Batman like, yeah, Begins and Dark Knight, it's one of, it's one of those, it, it's one of those that could be interchangeable for I me. I can dig it so. for you. Uh, for me, my number nine came out in 1987. Uh, Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, and Evil Dead 2. A uh, big fan of Evil Dead. I love the original movie. I think Evil Dead did better. They went back, they rewrote it, they changed some shit up, and I think that they did exactly what they should have done the first time out. Uh, I've always loved Evil Dead. Uh, Bruce Campbell has been one of my favorite actors. This is that pulpy, just shitty classic movie that has not I'm, only inspired so many yeah, other movies. I remember watching it as a kid. Uh, you know, yeah, probably a kid yeah. with my cousin Bill and just falling in love with like the genre of horror in this one. Right. Now, Evil Dead was produced but it was kind of badly produced because they didn't have enough they didn't really have the money for it and evil dead 2 is where they went back and they had a good good budget correct yeah so evil dead 2 like they had some different they had some things they wanted to change up some different different scenarios different ideas and uh yeah they had more money like evil dead 1 they shot in a shoestring budget they shot it in the middle of the woods they stayed in the cabin they shot evil dead in evil dead 2 they were able to shoot on a sound stage uh they were able to make the cabin like you know, it worked out really, it worked out so much better. They had so much more money going into it and more people were interested in Evil right. Dead. Like, they were like, oh, we really like this movie. We want to see more. So, like, they fleshed out the characters a little bit. They changed it up and they made it so, like, oh, there's a, a possibility of a sequel here. Uh, they made the the tree uh, the, the tree violation scene a little bit more graphic. Uh, they, you know, you still get the crazy claymation. But Evil Dead 2, is, uh, it stands the test of time. Uh, gave us Army of Darkness after that, and then we had uh, Ash versus Evil Dead on Stars a couple years ago. So I love the Evil Dead movies, uh, the classic Evil Dead movies at right. least. Uh, the remake they did a couple years ago, I think 2011, 2012. It was um, too realistic. It, yeah, it was too real. It was too much of a horror movie. Which I know when this movie came out, it was like this is horror. Uh, for it obviously is not horror, and like it's more it's, like oh, it's fun. It's, it's camp. A, it's a it's a comedy horror. Um, like Evil Dead. Evil Dead has spawned a uh, musical, which I love. <laughs> uh, you have to see it. I highly recommend it. Uh, but yeah, Evil Dead is just it's always been one of my favorite movies. It introduced just like Bruce Campbell to me, who I actually got to meet a few years ago and was fucking amazing. Such a sweet dude. And it's I have just I love Evil Dead, too. Uh, and I'll uh, we'll snake draft this every time. So I guess I'm up next. Uh, number eight uh, came out a year later uh, for me. And that is uh, Miyazaki's My Neighbor Totoro. Nice. Uh, oh, man, I, I love Totoro. Uh, I have a great story with this one. I honestly didn't know that about you. Oh, uh, not that I love Totoro? It, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't surprise me. I just didn't know that. Uh, Miyazaki, obviously, Kiki's Delivery, Princess Mon... Okay, uh, Spirited Away. All of them are instant classics. And I feel like I could put, I could put all of his movies on my list, I think. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to put one of them on here. Uh, and I was like, I thought about it and... Totoro for me has always been my favorite Miyazaki film. Uh, Totoro is just, I mean, it's it's fun, and I think when I think of Miyazaki movies that capture the innocence of life and the joy of life, um, I think of that movie. I think of the bento box that they have. Uh, you know, they're cleaning their house, and there's just the little, you know, the little ember critters, you know, little dust critters, and you know, just the little family unit they created. Like we we bought a house, and we're gonna clean this house, and. 
you know, oh, there's magic in the woods behind the house. Uh, you know, it's like, well, is there really magic? Is the kids playing? And then, I mean, it's got a human element where it's like, oh, the mom's sick. And I took uh, I took Noelle to see this when she was pregnant, actually. And towards the end of the movie, when one uh, when one of the girls is missing, and you're like, oh, my God, is she dying? Noelle's fucking bawling. Of course. She is losing her shit. And I'm of like, course. oh, my God. Like, I took this sweet, innocent, just beautiful movie. And my wife is, like, teared up and heart-wrenchingly sad about it. I'm like, oh, God. And I'm like, I just had to keep patterning you like, it's okay, it's okay. She's not dead. Don't worry. See, she's going to ride the cat bus to her sister. Everything's good. Yeah. And it's just, Miyazaki, like I said, Miyazaki movies are just beautiful. They are. They, they find the beauty in life. Like, they make me want to clean my house. They make me all oh, make this simple, like, bacon and egg breakfast. Like, we did, we had bacon and eggs today. And I was like, look, you know, just like uh, that you have in uh, Howl's Moving Castle. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's like, oh, look how simple and great this is. Like, honestly, and that's what's great about those movies is that they just, they, they, they idolize those, those beautiful, simple moments. Yeah. And I mean, like the man is just a magical touch. Absolutely. He's got a magical vision of the world. And I mean, I, Miyazaki movies are just so beautiful. That they are. I will agree with that 100% that they are. Um, so I guess that's my turn then. Uh, number eight for me is... This was my Disney movie. Uh, no. Aladdin. So you're talking the new one, right? No. <laughs> I haven't even seen that. I don't want to see that. I'll see it eventually. Maybe eventually, but I, I classic animated Aladdin. I, I remember we had the two, uh, we had that and we had the two um, straight to video DVDs. And like that was on when we, whenever we were, you know, almost daily that was on. Uh, because that was always my choice of what I wanted to watch. <laughs> I loved Aladdin so much, and it got to the point where I could almost, I could almost word for word that movie. You gotta stay one step ahead of the squiggles, <laughs> one step ahead of the commandos. I, uh, I, I can't fault you for that, man. Aladdin's a great pick, a uh, great pick from our childhood. Uh, right up there with Lion King, Little Mermaid. And honestly. That was the battle I had was Hercules, Lion King, and, and Aladdin. And oh, Aladdin. I love Hercules, but that Aladdin was the one that just... I love Aladdin. Aladdin's got that. I mean, the straight-to-videos, I'm like, ah, I watched them all. But I mean, I, I would say Aladdin... It, had a, it even had a, a TV show at one point. I, rem- I loved the TV show. It was fantastic. Uh, the best part about Aladdin probably would be, as children, uh, at least of our generation, Aladdin probably would have been the movie that really introduced us to Robin Williams. Absolutely. Like, it would have been, I if I had to think about it, that was probably one of my first interac- like interactions with a Robin Williams movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Yeah, for that, it's for me, it's either that or it, it's Mrs. Doubtfire. Like, those... Those one are, of those, yeah. It's it or like I'm um, oh god, Robin Williams had so many great Oh movies. my god, yeah, well, yeah, we could just make a fucking list on those. <laughs> right. But well, I would say but, uh, yeah, uh when I, I when I think Robin Williams, usually Genie is one of the first characters that comes to Yeah, mind. I mean, of course. And I mean he's still a popular character, it's still something that's used in Disney marketing all the time. Absolutely. So I would yeah, man. Uh, do you remember they used to do uh the ABC uh, oh, yeah. on the Saturday morning and Genie was, you know, Genie was your host. He was yep. like, you know, ah, yeah, and it wasn't Robin Williams' genie, but it was... Yeah, but it was genie. genie. So, but it was genie, and it was someone... Of course, those kids, they got someone that sounded right. kind of like him, and we were tricked because we're stupid. Right. But yeah, but, so yeah, it's no, like... I do remember that. And then, yeah. to close it out, he would always... And I wish you a great Saturday. It was like... It was... Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, so I... Uh, man, oh, great pick, Squigs. Great pick. Uh, so, uh, that leads me to number seven. And you're probably going to laugh for this one, but Gamera the Invincible. Ooh, Gamera. I did Gamera. 
I don't laugh at game. old monster movies. I love the old monster movies, and this is the one that really got me into them. Uh, my uncle used to come to town. This is the movie that we'd sat down and, and watched, and this was like, for a long time, this was a classic favorite for me, and this is one I almost always wanted to watch whenever he came to town. So this, Gamma the Invincible... I know I'm not going to knock it. I, no, I just, my, I just um, thought you were going to get a, get a lot uh, of that. I get a chuckle out of it. Uh, Gamera's great. I considered I considered kaiju movies like Godzilla. Uh, I didn't add them on there, and you'll see why in a little bit. But I uh, I can dig it, man. Like I remember watching Gamera with my cousin. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, man. Like, and me then and- my favorite part of this movie, and nobody seems to remember this, but Gamera is rolling through Tokyo, literally just stomping through every building. And at one point, they cut to a dance studio, and... They tell him, we need to run. Gamera's coming in. We won't run. We'll stay. And they do this stupid dance. And the music behind him starts playing. Gamera. 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 I I love that movie so much. It's one of my... It, it, there's a reason it's in my top 10, but it's it's because yeah, you favorites. love it. Yeah, now nah, good choice, man. Like Gamera movies were fun. I remember the, my first introduction Gamera was uh, I don't remember which one, but it's where he gets like sick and the kids have to go inside him like Fantastic Voyage style. I I met the one of the kids uh, at Monster Bash. I met one of the kids. <laughs> uh, he was he was the American kid in that movie. Yeah, it's like they take the submarine inside Gamera. Uh-huh. Like we gotta go save him. It's like Fantastic Voyage Gamera. Yeah, the the American kid in that movie was was a uh, military kid over in Tokyo, and they wanted an American actor, and he actually spoke fluent Japanese. So that's why he got the job. Convenient. Oh man, classic. Uh, let's see. I guess it'd be my turn for number seven. Uh, my number seven came out in two thousand one. It is a French film. Uh, it is called Brotherhood of the Wolf. I don't know this. Film. It is. Uh, it's great. I have it on DVD. I will lend it to you any fucking time. Uh, this is a movie I was introduced to me uh, probably about 10 years after it came out, almost 10 years ago now. Uh, back in 2011 when I was graduating college, my professor, uh, Andy Felt, uh, had me and my buddy Nate over to his place. And he's like, hey, let's watch this flick. It's uh, French. It's, you got to watch subtitles. And I was like, all right, well, I guess let's fucking see. Um, and I, oh, my God, I fell in love with this movie. It's all about it's a frame story about uh, there is a story about a werewolf in France that was attacking villages. This is kind of, this is like, oh, this is the story. Mm-hmm. This is what actually happened because it's framed uh, during the French Revolution where guys like, I got to write this fucking story down really quick. And it is the, uh, oh my God, dude, like the royal naturalist is like tasked with figuring out what's going on. He's an, a French knight. And he's like, you got to go figure out what's going on in this town. And there's uh, a cult and some love stories. And oh my God, it is just, it is an intricately woven fucking film. Uh, it is my favorite French film. And I cannot recommend it enough. Uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf. So I, uh, you gotta, you gotta borrow it from me sometime, man. Absolutely, you gotta borrow it. Uh, number six, I said we'd get to it, and uh, Iron Man, two thousand and eight. So right what I was there. gonna say earlier is Iron Man. I think it's such an achievement in cinema, and the fact that RDJ was able to carry a Marvel universe when they announced eleven years. Yeah, when they announced that Iron Man was gonna be RDJ. I scuffed at the idea. I was like, fuck I, no. You know, I, I remember people doing that and I was like, RDJ is perfect for Iron Man. Without the the actual flying suit, he is Tony Stark. Well, here was my concern. Here my, my legitimate concern was this is a guy who's washed up, like he was okay in Zodiac, but I mean like he couldn't even get insurance for these fucking movies. Like, why the hell are we casting this fucking washed up druggie in Iron Man? And holy fuck was I wrong. And that's exactly why I thought he will be 
perfect. He will be absolutely perfect because he's he's had the the drug problem, the alcohol problem. He's had he's had the money. He's lost the money. He he was at that point what Tony Stark was in the comics. What's fun is uh, without this without oh man, the suit. And this movie though, like I love the Spider Man movies that came out before this. Uh, Iron Man was a, just a continuation of that where it's like, oh my God, I'm seeing these heroes on screen, this thing like, oh my God, it's Iron Man. Like, I can't fucking believe they're making Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like my love of robots already. I'm like, hell yeah. And I remember I watched this movie. I probably saw this movie. I'm not even fucking exaggerating. I think I watched this movie 16 times in theaters. Wow. Like I saw it fucking four times before the end of uh, in the first week it came out. I came home and all my friends wanted to see it. And I kept going to see it when I was free. I was like, I'm going to go see Iron Man again. Like I, this is a movie I, I could what, watch. This was one of the few movies that I think I saw twice in theaters. I saw it with my dad, and then Hulk came out like two months later, and I was like, <laughs> and at that point it was in the dollar theaters. So I was like, Dad, we should go see Iron Man again, and then go. Watch. Yeah, I could watch. I could watch Iron Man beginning to end, and then I could restart the DVD, no problem. Yep, it's so good. And uh, actually, it was one of again, it was one of those like early movies onto my relationship. And I remember the first time we saw it, it ended. Um, Noel's like, Hey, we, you want to want to see it again? And we went to see it again that same night. Cause she's like, I just, I realized you loved this movie. I didn't realize how much you loved this shit. Uh, and so we saw this because I guess I sat there just mouth agape, like a child the entire time, I, I just staring that. like, <gasps> and like I gasp when he'd like fucking show up in the Iron Man. So I'm like, Iron Man. And I, uh, supposedly I whispered it at some point, I guess. And it's like, this shit's fucking like, and I lost my fucking shit for this movie. I believe it. Because so. the, the, the movie was that good, too. The movie was absolutely oh, that yes. good. Oh, yes. Yes, it was. It's still, it's still for me, is up there in the Hold top, up. like, four, four or five. And it's of, one of the best MCUs. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Iron Man, uh, number six. The one that started it all. And I'm actually going to throw a number. My number six is also a Marvel movie. Guardians. All right. All right. I can see that for you. Um, This, for me, was... Almost crossed over. Almost. Uh, this for me was... <laughs> they it, will cross over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was an incredible pick. Um, or an incredible s- show. Because I had never heard of Guardians of the Galaxy. I was a big Marvel fan and I had no idea what this was. So I got to go into this movie. Because every other Marvel movie beforehand, I'd go in with my dad and we'd watch these movies. Because that was kind of our thing. We loved watching the Marvel movies. And he would always ask me, who's this character? <laughs> What's What are they doing? What are they working with? What are, and, I, and for this was the first time I got to go in and go, Dad, I know nothing. I know nothing, and I love it. It was the first Marvel movie I actually got to see and be a fan of the Marvel movies and know zilch. I can dig that. And like, it, it, it sparked in me. Like, I jumped on that. I'll say it. I jumped on that band, bandwagon. Oh, you sure did. But I loved it so much. I went and got the 2008 series that it was based on. I got a bunch of the trades. I, I loved Guardians, and I loved... It was it was also the first movie that I really saw where music made a difference for the movie. I it was the first movie that I really saw that I wanted. I went and I was like, I really want the soundtrack for this. God, so Guardians would have come out what probably about four months before we met then, really started hanging out. Something like that. God, and by the time I met him, he was a fucking Guardians uh, metalhead. <laughs> He's all about that man. So that's fun, man. That's good pick, good pick on that one. All right, so good Marvel pick that I didn't expect to love that I I do. Yeah. I love I love the Guardians, man. I I absolutely love the Guardians. I love those movies. Guardians. This is true. I've tried old Guardians. Old Guardians is very Give me hard Rocket, to read. Drax, Gamora. Yeah. Ga, 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 Gamora. <laughs> anyway. All right. So for my number five, I'm going back to the nineties a little bit again. Rounders. Fuck if I know what you're talking about. Rounders is Matt Damon. 
Um, and the I can't think of his name, but the the guy who played in Transformers as the uh, FBI agent. Um, he it it is a poker movie, and it is a movie where Matt Damon is literally just trying, and Edward Norton Jr. is in it as well. It is him trying to uh, make it as a professional poker player, and it is is such a it, it actually like I said I started playing poker. I saw this movie and then I started taking poker seriously. Like I, I started being a, like I would watch it and then realize like you can actually do well playing cards. You can actually do well if you learn to read people the way you can. It's it's a great movie. I've got it and it's one I will let you borrow anytime. I'll check it out sometime. I, I have nothing to say. I don't know anything about it. It is it is, it is <clears throat> a fantastic movie and it probably would have been higher up on my list a few years back. All right. Uh, well, number five, I'm heading back to the 80s again. And I'm going Return to the Jedi. Nice. Uh, a lot of people pick Empire as their favorite Star Wars flick. Uh, for some reason, it's always been Return for me. I love the beginning. I love when you're on fucking Tatooine and you have the fucking like Jabba stuff. I love seeing all the different like shit that's happening in Jabba's palace. Uh, I love the Han Leia reunion scene. Mm-hmm. You know, I love Luke being like Jabba, man. You got a chance. Like he's just fucking stone cold. He's like. Your fucking call, bro. Like the entire, like just everything about the open, like the beginning of it. I love. Uh, you get to Endor. You get to the uh, biker scouts, which are my favorite stormtroopers. Love them. Uh, I I was a kid when I first saw it, so of course I loved Ewoks. Uh, you know, just and there were so many different battles happening. Like they, you got the battle happening on Endor, you got the battle happening in space, and you got the battle happening on the, the second Death Star. I, and I'll tell you what, the one of my favorite scenes in all the Star Wars movies is the end of that movie with the the three ghosts and it. I, I don't know why, but that one is just, I love that scene. <laughs> Classic or with the Hayden Christensen ghost now? Classic. Come on. Uh, I don't mind the Hayden Christensen I don't mind the Hayden it, Christensen. Now that we but... have the tri- original trilogy, or the, yeah, not the I original trilogy, but the uh, prequel trilogy, I don't mind it because I'm like, ah, it fits in. Fuck it. I mean, who beforehand was like. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't truly the. the yeah, mask, so it works for me. I don't know. The, the, the original Darth Vader in the hood, like that, that was, that was it for me. Uh, so good. Vader turning at the end, like, I mean, fucking Luke's wearing black the entire time, but then he fucking reveals he's got white shirt on. The, it's mm. like, fuck, yeah, he's a fucking good guy. But I mean, there's three. Oh, man. Return of the Jedi is just like as a kid. That's a movie like I remember. Like I cheer at the end of fucking Star Wars movies. Like, you know, I'm like that guy. I'm like, yeah, yeah. like the destroyed the Death Star. Yay. You know, Empire Strikes Back. Well, this is kind of sad. But fucking return. It's like fucking yes, they fucking did it. It was what everything those first two movies build up to. And so, it's, uh, it's, yeah. I love Return, man. I love Return. So I'm uh, I'm hoping that the next movie, The Rise of Skywalker, I can love as much as Return of the Jedi. Because I felt so far that the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy, the best movies in them have been the third. So I'm really hoping that Rise of Skywalker um, can fix some of the problems I have with Last Jedi and can, uh, you know, they'll end on a high note. They'll end the Skywalker fucking saga, which they need to end. Yeah. So, and uh, with that, let's check out my number four, Spider-Man 2, another Sam Raimi flick makes the list. Uh, this one was interchangeable with a lot of other Spider-Man movies, if I'm being honest. Uh, I, I, I thought about it, I was like, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man, uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Those were the three that were really like, which one do I want? Which one it would be, if I had a gun in my head, which one would I pick? And I went with this one. I think the Doc Ock storyline, the Spider-Man No More storyline... 
the just, the Spider-Man unmasked where everybody's like, we don't know who he is. Oh my I'm god, like, man, that train sequence. Oh my god, that is fantastic. It's fantastic cinema. We even get Aunt May like fucking beating the dude with the uh, umbrella. Yeah. Like there is so much to love about Spider-Man too. Um, I think Tom Holland's Spider-Man is superior in ways, and I, you know, and Andrew Garfield, I think, you know, I, he, he made a good go. I've heard it said, um, Tobey Maguire was a great Peter Parker, he wasn't a great Spider-Man. I think, and Andrew, I... Andrew Garfield was a great Spider-Man, he wasn't a great Peter Parker. So, uh, um, Tom Holland is great as both. And I think that's true, I think he, he merges them both together really well. Uh, but Spider-Man 2, what it has going for it, there's just... There's so much heart to it, uh, and there's so much to love about Spider-Man too. You get more J.K., you get more Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. You get a slight change to the Spider-Man suit. You get, there's just, oh my god, I love, I yep. love Spider-Man too. If, you know, I had to pick one Spider-Man movie to watch, like, you know, okay, Chuck, you're going to die at the end of it. I'll pick that one every time. That's a good pick. So for my number four, uh, Goofy movie. Woohoo! more Disney. Uh, yeah, I love the Goofy movie so much so that I use the soundtrack. I use the uh, Powerline soundtrack as like my workout stuff. That that is the stuff that that gets me pumped to to <laughs> run. I I love Goofy movie. Yeah, honest. I'm not gonna... That's it's it's one of those classic like this this movie is on. You guys need to watch it. And it became one of the, and my my aunt was like she absolutely loved Goofy and we spent weekends up there. So anytime we were we were up there, we would choose to watch that just because it was awesome. Uh, I like Goofy movie. I think I prefer Goof Troop. Goof Troop was fantastic. Uh, I, I think I picked Goof Troop over the Goofy movie. Uh, definitely Goofy movie over Goofy movie too. Yeah. But uh, I uh, I can dig it. My brother-in-law's favorite Disney movie is Goofy movie. And I, uh, I don't think you've made a bad choice in that one at all. It's a great one. It's fun. It is. It's a great, especially like, I think I'm going to go back and rewatch it now that I'm really thinking about it, that you bring it up. Like I mean, it's just a dad wanting to connect with his son. It's going on a trip. It's a, it's a weird road trip, buddy cop, uh, you know, just trying to connect. It's a great. It's just a great movie. It's it, and it's for me. It's one of the most underrated Disney movies. Uh, people don't. Talk, I, I will give you that. People, people don't think about it as great Disney movies, but it, it is absolutely one of my favorite Disney movies, and it is. It, it's very underrated for me. Leaning Tower of Cheese, a man. Then that one or is that? Holy Shore. Yeah. yeah. I was like, is that that one or the second one? Because I can no, see that being the Stoner College movie. Yeah, well, he was the Stoner High School. I too. know. Oh, but. I'm well aware. But, uh, it's, it's such the, a good movie. Max, man, it's the Leaning Tower of Cheese. Oh, my God. I yeah, feel like that's Pauly definitely Shore got some 90s. His, yeah, it was Pauly Shore as most Pauly Shore. Pow, man. Classic movie, man. Good Disney pick. You're right, man. The people don't respect Goofy movie enough in the Disney universe, unfortunately. Yep. But is. It's a fantastic movie. And He's it, just it a single dad be. trying to raise his kid, you know? Yep. And for my number three, Avengers. Ooh, good choice. The bringing together of all the characters, the bringing together of everything that, that had built up for, what, four years at that point? Yeah. Three, three or four years. At that point, it would have been about four. About four. So then to see the culmination and to see it work in such a beautiful way and the fact that these guys weren't, getting along to begin with and then you have loki show up and it's like okay now we put our differences aside now we go now we fight to save the world and it is it, it was a classic avengers tale and it was everything as a like i i remember seeing that one a couple of times as well and it was it was one of those ones where i was like i i, I it was just it was everything so i had dreamed about as a kid and then to come to fruition 
I too saw that one a couple times at theaters. Oh, sorry, Commandos. It's getting a little late out here in the HQ. <laughs> oh, God. I love Avengers, man. Uh, Endgame really did a great thing where it's like, let's revisit Avengers a little bit. Like, they had a battle in New York. Yep. A little shawarma action. <laughs> yeah. Oh, such a great one. Such a fucking classic. Uh, my number three is, uh, surprise, surprise, the fucking 80s again. Mm. 1986, James Cameron's Aliens. That I'm The surprise for me is that it's not your number one. Uh, well, you when you see my number one, I, you and I understand, that. but that, that uh, really is... it's gonna confuse more when you hear my number two, and you're like, "What?" Yeah. So, uh, Aliens is my know, favorite you, action film in that say, aspect. I know your love for that movie, and it's just oh my god, I uh, I have loved Aliens fucking ever since I saw it. It's my favorite Alien movie. It's my favorite fucking action flick. It's my favorite sci-fi flick in that aspect. There are so many fucking things that I personally love about Aliens. Like, they're like, hey, man, we're going to LV-426. Like, Ripley's like, you're fucking idiots. Yeah. You know, she's like, but I'm going to. Like, the opening scene, you know, the fucking Marines waking up. And like, we got air, we got sharp sticks, nuclear weapons. Like, fuck yes, man. Uh, it's got a board game coming out from Gale Force 9 soon. I can't wait to pre-order that shit when I get the chance. There, oh, man. I fucking love Aliens. And it's just, it's such it's a cool... why, for our, when we were first being friends, I, I found a base hugger. That I yeah. think you put on your your computer or something at work. I just oh yeah, it's still on my desk at work. A little face, a cool little face hugger. He lives on the corner of my desk. Oh my god, dude! Fucking aliens is just so cool. Plus, it's a fucking sci-fi movie that's like, hey man, fuck it. We got this awesome badass female. Yeah, like fucking Scorny Weaver plays Ellen Ripley and she's fucking hardcore and like she's like, hey man, I just want to do this shit. Yeah, like, we're gonna do this. She's like, you're fucking idiots. Oh, dude, man. Aliens is my uh, fucking, one of my favorite fucking movies. Top three, easy, number three. Yeah. Uh, number two is where things get a little weird for everybody. Uh, this is what I, I truly consider to be a perfect movie. The actors are fucking on point the entire time. The, uh, the leads are fun. It's very down to earth. And it's just, it's a very, it's a tale of a true underdog. And that is Legally Blonde, starring Reese Witherspoon. It doesn't surprise... It surprises me that it's not your number three, because, I again, Aliens, I know, and I know you love Legally Blonde, so it really doesn't... It, for me, these, these probably top three of yours could be all interchangeable. Uh, well, really, I mean, for the longest time, Legally Blonde was my favorite movie. Why? I don't fucking know. It's just that was the movie that I was like, man, I love this fucking movie. I love watching this movie. I love... Talking about this movie, this is like a great fucking movie. Yeah, uh, it's you think it's gonna be a rom com? It's fucking not a rom com. It's about I mean, it's a lady who's like, "Fuck you, you oh yeah, well I'm gonna go do this thing." And like, how do you get back at your at your pissy ex boyfriend? You go to fucking Harvard, Harvard Law School. What? You just follow him to Harvard? Hell yeah, she does. Yep. She fucking she's got a heart of gold, man. Oh, like you, I fucking love Legally Blonde, man. Like that movie's great. It's fun. It's a true underdog tale, I'd say. Yeah. And it's just, it's a movie most people wouldn't expect, but uh, Reese Witherspoon's always been like, you know, that's my movie crush right there. Like, man, that is my favorite woman in movies. And I just, I love Reese Witherspoon. So Legally Blonde, Rooster's side, number two. Side note, one of, my, one of my Hollywood crushes was always Halle Berry, starting with Catwoman, and that is not on my list. <laughs> that is not a good movie. Well, but, I mean, I put a great movie on my fucking list. You did. Yeah, Academy but, Award winner, uh, fucking... In fairness, I, Halle Berry Cat, won the Academy Award. So. Cat, Cat, Catwoman for me was the reason because that's when I found out Halle Berry is actually diabetic. I didn't know she was diabetic. Yep. 
Complete side note there. Yeah. But Legally Blonde, man, fucking love that movie. So, it's a good movie. I will give you that. I love. It's a great movie. It's got a great musical, too. It does. I haven't uh, seen it, but I, I've heard. I've been part of the musical in the outskirts on the occasion, man. It's fucking phenomenal. I, I love this. So let's, uh, let's make me not sound any weirder. Let's, uh, what's your number two, buddy? Uh, Baby Driver. Baby Driver. Haven't seen it. it. This is this for me is a great movie. It again, the the music makes this movie uh, very much so. It's to the point where I just found out the the other day. If you listen to this movie with like headphones on, there's parts in the movie where um, where Baby takes out the one headphone and he's only got one in. You will only hear the the movie through whatever headphone he's got in. Well, that's cool. Yeah, so that was a cool little extra thing that they did. But it, it's um, Ansel Eckert and, and uh, Jamie Foxx, and it's all about fast cars, bank robberies, and good mu- music. And I remember is, when it came out, people were like, "This movie's perfect." It was supposed to have a perfect score on Rotten Tomatoes and shit. Oh yeah, you know, I I know it's so high on your list. I'll have to give it a shot, man. It's um, one of the few times you can tell me a movie, and I'll be like, "Oh, what the fuck are you talking about?" I I will I have any movie on my list I have at, so if you ever want to borrow, borrow them I will let you. I am the but, same on this one. Yeah. So yeah, Baby Driver though I I love this movie. This was another one of those movies where I actually went and got the the vinyl. I got the uh, I got the vinyl for this. I got the Baby Driver or the I got Baby's um, Funko Pop. It, I mean it's just it's such a great film and, and it's it's such a cool like. The when things turn and when things go bad, man, they go bad so well. It's so great. I, it, it there's a reason it's my number two. It it, it is a fantastic movie. <clears throat> now for my number one, and this may be where people are surprised. This is always where people seem to be surprised on me. It's Princess Bride. It is uh, always been that. Princess Bride for me. It's a movie you love. It is. It it, it I love the. It's a great romance. It's action it's pirates it's it, it it's giants it i mean it's just a little bit of rhyming a little bit of rhyming anybody want a peanut <laughs> <laughs> i love it uh, it is just it, it's brilliant it's it, it's stupid funny it's brilliant funny it's i mean it, it princess bride anyone ever asked me what's your top movie what's your favorite movie of all time it's always the answer princess bride it is a been since i've about, been about eight years old it was always the movie I watched when I was sick. So you're really excited for the reboot, right? Oh fuck no! <laughs> Even a like Carrie Ells put it best. Why? Why would you? I have. Uh, Although a friend of mine said said this, and this would be the only way I'd watch a reboot. You do it with the Muppets. I'd be in with that. And and then it's not so much a reboot reboot as uh, a tribute. A reboot. A re- my words are getting mixed up. I here. Dig- it's a reboot so much as a tribute to the original. I can dig movie. it. I can dig it. Um. Yeah, man, this is the one of those movies where uh, I, uh, I I lose some geek credit in that it took me forever to see. I actually, I didn't see this movie until probably 2016. I think I was the one that showed it to you. Uh, well, we took it from your collection. You weren't home, but yeah, we did watch it. We did watch it from your DVD case. Yeah, I don't know why. It was one of those movies that just, it somehow it, it escaped. Not my radar. Obviously, I knew of Princess Bride. I knew, you know, fucking, you killed my father, prepared to die. Like, mm-hmm. who, who couldn't fucking know that? Andre the Giant, Inconceivable. I fucking knew all that shit. But I never fucking watched the full movie. I don't know why. So 2000, uh, probably 2015, 2016, uh, my wife and I are sitting there and she's like, you got to fucking watch this fucking movie, dude. Like you're making Crow and Commando videos. Like one of these days you're going to see some shit and you're going to look like a fucking idiot if you don't know this movie. So, and I've seen it, I've probably seen it 15, 20 times since then, to be honest. Like I watch it when it's on DVD or if it's on TV now and 
whatever. I'm like, oh yeah, but, you know, it's like it's a great movie. It is a fucking, it's a very solid fucking action packed awesome flick. So well, I can understand why everyone's so surprised I hadn't seen it and why I had to see it. And I don't know why, but people are always surprised when I tell them that's my all-time favorite. Like, I don't know. If it doesn't surprise me at all because I know how much you love it. Yeah, but it, it's, you know, I've seen interviews where they said, you know, the um, the Buttercup, they, they interviewed like 500 actresses to make sure they got the perfect actress. And you talk about Legally Bond being your perfect movie. This was my perfect, like everyone was on point in this movie. The the acting was just there. The the comedy, the the action, everything was absolutely perfect in this movie for me. So we talk about perfection, uh, leaning into my number one. Leaning into uh, your number one. It, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now, my movie does not have perfect acting in it. No. But my number one movie has my favorite fucking thing on this planet giant fucking robots and kaiju yep. pacific rim 2013 del toro's fucking masterpiece uh this is my favorite movie not because of the acting which honestly i find passable at best we have generic white lead ethnic uh side like love interest it's a great fucking per- person flick. of a person of color in charge like it's yeah, yeah. It's it's very the acting is but very Idris Elba is fucking awesome like fucking oh, absolutely. today we are canceling the, the apocalypse. apocalypse fucking sweet oh. as shit it's that it I yeah I oh my know. god I remember watching that like that line actually got in, like the top one hundred fucking movie lines and it gave me fucking chills the first time because I'm like fuck yeah we're canceling the fucking apocalypse oh my god dude and like the the story is just like hey man how can we get from Alaska to Shang to like fucking Shanghai uh here's some shit we're building a fucking wall that didn't fucking work. I fucking listen to that rest of the fucking world. Yeah. Um, that didn't fucking work. You mean these giant monsters can just break through the wall? Oh, shit. Yeah, no, let's make fucking giant robots. We're going to fuck their shit up. Uh, Gundam, Macross, Robotech. These have been my favorite fucking anime. Some of my favorite shows growing up. So, of course, when they were like, hey, man, we're going to make fucking real giant fucking giant robots. robots. I'm like, fuck the shit. Yes. And then and then to take, take, it's not just a single pilot, but the double pilot synchronization i thought that was brilliant i actually i thought that was a really like of all the things they did in the movie i was like man that's really fucking cool because honestly i'm gonna be honest like the rest of it i'm like you know oh gypsy day like whenever they have the emp and they're like oh gypsy's not fucking digital she's analog i'm like you got fucking holograms all over this shit there's no no your shit's fucked up in an emp blackout right but oh man uh the mechs i felt were fucking unique and sweet and they really emphasized like i felt they really captured what they were going for like the different countries the different ideas um, you know, fucking the different personalities, <sighs> even because even with Gypsy Danger, sometimes you would get you would get um, you would get I can't think of their names, but you would you would get his personality. Sometimes you would get her personality, and it, just depending on on the fight, who was taking a little it's more rally, control. man. You can remember she says a rally. Oh my god, dude! The thing, yeah, the thing I fucking it's loved been a about it. Since I watched that movie, uh, yeah, I just, well, like, I just loved how the mechs fucking looked like the different yeah. countries. Like yeah, the giant like fucking like. Russian like uh, smokestack for fucking uh, Chernobyl Alpha. Crimson Typhoon was this like sleek Chinese machine. Oh my god, dude, the movie is just so fucking dangerous, fucking different. Uh, it was you know American and had like fucking nose art on it where he had like the bomber jackets and shit. Mm-hmm. Just Pacific Rim is fucking phenomenal. There's like 45 minutes where you have to sit through a bunch of human shit, and the human shit's not bad. Don't worry. I was like, who's gonna pilot Gypsy Danger? And like, well, we always know it's gonna be fucking Mako and Rally. Like, we right. know what's gonna happen. But, you know, it's like you have to fucking sit through that a little bit. And you're like, all right, can we get through this shit now? Idris Elba's fucking sweet, though. 
And then, I mean, like, you get to the fucking fight in Shanghai where, like, fuck, yes. Yeah. Then you get an under fucking, like, under the ocean fight with, oh, plus, shit. Plus, yeah, plus you get, uh, um, uh, you get, you get the underground shit that, oh, my God. I lo- this is a great movie. This yeah, is Pacific a great fucking top, phenomenal. Top uh, I think, uh, you know, the second one fucking let me down in ways I didn't know was possible for a giant robot movie. Uh, the mechs were fucking forgettable. The characters were, you know, I, I make fun of Pacific Rim story a lot, but holy shit, does it fucking look like Oscar material comparatively? Yeah. Uh, would not a fan of the second one. Not a fan of the mechs. Not a fan of a lot of the design. But I mean, hell, man, the first one was fucking phenomenal. Yeah. I uh, the first one is it is a true for me masterpiece. Like it was, it felt like it was made for me. It was. I loved the first one so much. I saw it in theaters so many times, and I kept like talking about it and promoting it. And at one point, I legitimately had someone ask me, dude, are you getting fucking paid by Legendary? <laughs> I made so many posts about the movie. I'm like, hey, guys, listen, everyone goes out and sees this movie like one more time. Maybe it'll make $400 million and maybe we can get a sequel. And man, do I regret that point. <laughs> well, no, because if it, the sequel had come out in a timely manner, we might have gotten a decent Maybe sequel. if Del Toro would have stayed on as like the runner, and we would have got, I think Stephen Knight uh, was the second was the second like fucking producer and everything. It just the second movie just has it. It's got its, it's problems, yeah, it's issues all around. But the first movie, yeah, I would oh, give that to you. God, Pacific Rim, so fucking good. And you know this this is very much. Uh, we talked about how our movies are going to show our personality a little bit. I love that you have Pacific Rim on yours and Gamera is on mine. Like I've always been the big kaiju guy. I love the big kaiju's. And I know you've always been the mech guy. Oh yeah, dude. Like I love kaiju movies, but fucking, I'll take mechs any fucking day of the week. Uh, like Mech Assault, Battletech, all of them, man. Like, so this was... Uh, I'm like, give me the guy in the giant monster outfit that's tripping over himself. Total I mean, respect, totally love it, but... Yeah. Oh, man, I want to be in the fucking robot fighting the fucking monsters. So, all right, guys, there you have it. It's a top 10. Get us in, getting to know uh, Rooster and Squigs a little bit better. Uh, like I said, Sarge might have a top 10 list for you coming up in the near future. Uh, you can always find us on Facebook at Crow and Commandos. You can drop us a line at crowingcommandos.rooster at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. So we've got an email address. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the show enough to give us a five-star rating. Really helps us. Uh, you know, Share this with your friends, with your family, with whoever you think might enjoy a cool podcast. Share us with your enemies if you want to play a trick on them because you didn't like it. I don't know. But, you know, really just let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. We really could use that. And we with- definitely need the feedback. Um, and with that, I'm going to give a I'm going to do the quote this week. Yeah, Squiggles asked if he could do the quote this week. And I said, fuck, yeah, you can, because I didn't want to feel like finding the quote. Because so much the, like he and doesn't. This, this one actually, I don't know. It doesn't really tie into anything we're doing today. But uh, it I just it really resonated with me this last week. It just said a lie doesn't become truth. Wrong doesn't become right. And evil doesn't become good just because it is accepted by a majority. Booker T. Washington. Interesting. So, uh, you know, nothing wrong with standing in the line, guys. I think that's what that's telling us right there. Yep. Like, a lot of times we talk, we talked about a lot about Iron Man, you know, we talked about Spider-Man. It's like, you know, stand the fucking line. Like, yep. be the person, be the one that's willing to stand. Yeah. When you, when, when everyone else tells you to move, you tell them no. Yep. So, <laughs> good so, quote, yeah. man. Good quote. Booker T. Washington. All right. With that, guys, that is Rooster. And Squiggles. Signing out. See ya. Dooba, 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 doo boo. This is our outro music. Hey, we just want to say, <laughs> just wanted to say thank you so much to Nathan Caduceus Bradley for composing our intro song. Thanks, Nate. We really appreciate it, buddy.